This week on the Steam Machine Podcast... What were you expecting? Another Yakuza game? Duke's back, baby. In pod form. Cue the music. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton, and joining me as always, the Destructo Bro. Hey, everybody, it's Nate. What's up? It's Willie. How you doing? And we got a guest. We got a guest. We have one of the two sons of bitches that campaigned for this game that we played. One, and I'm here to answer for my crimes. Dane himself. Why are you filling your titties when you say that? <laughs> answer for my crimes. It, the nips are getting a little hard. I, th- I think I'm getting off on the pain that I caused. Uh, speaking of such things, I should point out pretty early on in this episode that this game is going to have a lot of like adult material and shit and like crude humor and stuff. And uh, the show is already not for kids, but I just want to point out this episode is definitely going to be not for kids. <laughs> Even less so compared to normal. Plus, yeah. I'm here, so that's definitely going to be NSFK. Yeah. You can listen to us at work. It's not around your kids. It's NSFK. NSFK. Not safe for knuckle sandwiches. So, boys, boys, how? Oh no! How you doing? Uh, let's start with start with the, the guest. You gotta start with the guest, my man. You gonna start with the guest? We can start with the guest. I was gonna, I was gonna leave him for like a little later because he's wearing Def Leppard. Def Leppard usually doesn't open the shows. <laughs> <laughs> my good sir, I see you have both your arms. You're already doing better than one of the members of Def Leppard. How are you doing? I am definitely not a drummer. Uh, <laughs> doing pretty good. Uh, I think Stockholm's set in on this damn game because I was kind of lacking it towards the end. But uh, That's fair. I have spent pretty much the last three days doing two things. That is homeschooling the girl. And when I'm not doing that, I'm playing Duke Nukem <laughs> forever. So away from the monotony of teaching first grade. I guess Duke was very exciting for the last couple of days. <laughs> Man, your your general humor then for most of the day is relatively in like the third grade and below. <laughs> Duke's Duke's a lot of dick and fart jokes. Not that I don't appreciate those, but it is very uh, ch- childish humor. Definitely not. Again, and fart jokes really sell with a six year old. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. There's times that I'll be over uh, at Brandy's house and something will make a weird noise and I'll look at Daphne and go, did you toot? No, I didn't. No. Nah, it was me. Sure? Maybe it was me. It was you. <laughs> Dude, just qu- quick little side note and then we'll get back. I, I got a snap on Christmas uh, from Brandy of Daphne and it was just her. She turns and she looks at the camera. She smiles and she just goes, Merry Christmas. And I was just like, oh my gosh freaking adorable <laughs> that's totes adorbs <laughs> anyways like so homeschooling is there so i've always been curious about this because i had a buddy of mine who homeschooled his kids but he used this system called unschooling or some i i don't know what it was his kids aren't that smart so like <laughs> <laughs> well, i didn't expect that just sudden jump of it's like bro it's like that his his son his one son is smarter than the other. I think the other one's got a learning disability. 
not 100% about that, but they're not the kind to take them to the doctor to figure that kind of stuff out. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to just, so the uh, the method we used to teach these kids was uh, we just sat them down and had them watch NFL games all day. Well, okay, to, he'll never listen to this, so it doesn't matter. I'm still not going to use names, but to put it into perspective, his older son didn't learn how to read until he got tired of reading RPGs to the kid. So he made the kid learn to read so he could play his own video games. <laughs> so like that was that was kind of how it was going. I'm feeling so much better about my teaching style. <laughs> <laughs> Your kid can probably play Pokemon on her own. <laughs> yeah, she don't really like Pokemon. She calls them all Pikachu. <laughs> she just does not give a shit. <laughs> that is such a dad move. Holy crap! Added by the good, right? <laughs> That's that Pikachu's, isn't it? And then Pokemons. Can I pet that Pikachu? Can I pet that Pikachu? Oh, Nate, that's a cute dog you got there. Wait, is Dalton oh, reaching for a dog too? I have a water puppy. Yay! Oh, you both. Oh, wait. I was going to say you both went water tight, but I forgot that Bulbasaur just blew. Yeah! Kind of different kind of nerd. Walgreens. <laughs> Walgreens. Who's that? Uh, Link. I repainted him to have the Goron tunic. Oh, I see now. Okay. Um. Well, yeah, well, melatonin pills. Yeah, yeah, I got my gummies back there somewhere. Bitches got to sleep. I have totally snuck in, snuck melatonin gummies into a pack of regular gummies for the girl whenever I was tired of her shit. <laughs> Father of the fucking <laughs> How come this one doesn't look like uh, Dino the Dinosaur? Oh, well. I, I literally had a girl say to me once, do you have any melatonin? Because then we can give it to the kids and they'll go sleep hard so we can fuck later. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I do. Let me go to the store. I do have some. <laughs> Welcome to the 21st century. In the previous century, when that sentence was said, it was whiskey yes. instead of melatonin. <laughs> Let's give them a shot of whiskey. They'll be fine. That was when she was teething, all right? It numbs the gums <laughs> and makes them feel better. Stop looking at me like I'm a terrible father. <laughs> Uh, no, because I imagine that there are far worse fathers who are like, oh, I got something that'll numb that tooth up. Come here. Come here. I got you. <laughs> Localized anesthetic. <laughs> I don't know what accent I'm doing right now. I keep Novocaine stashed. <laughs> I got you. I went to church with a guy, and I will not say his name because God forbid any of these people ever come across this and realize that I'm <laughs> But uh, He was addicted to Novocaine. His mom would put beer in his uh, bottle when he was a kid to make Ooh. him sleep. And he would tell that story like it was the funniest thing ever. And it did the exact sort of thing that you would expect alcohol to do to a child who is now a 60-year-old man. It made him know how to freaking party? <laughs> no, it made him think that, that story all. was funny. <laughs> I, I just picture him being like, don't go down there. It's there's bad things down there. Very, very excitable fellow, and he's always laughing. Never has a bad day. Ah. Uh, uh, I'm sure you get what I'm selling here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen stand-up comedians make jokes about that recently. You, you, you people think that they're... You look down on those people? They have... Every day is the greatest day of their lives. <laughs> oh, God. Anyways. Uh 
What about you, Nate? How are you doing, my good buzzer? I'm good, buddy. It's just been hanging on, hanging on. Like, we had Christmas last week, went up and saw Willie and the fam, hung out, had a good time. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of excited because I start my new job next week on uh, the 2nd, so I'll be figuring that part of my life out pretty soon. So, but yeah, my time sitting at home, not doing anything. It's coming to an end. Now I'll be sitting at home pretending to work. Let's go. <laughs> well, yeah, buddy. What about you, Will? Nah, I don't do Fair things. No, I do have a couple things I wanted to bring up. Um, been gaming a lot. Uh, I don't know if this is where I should put the Duke Nukem 3D talk or if it should be in the actual like game part of the episode. Let's do it before uh, we start talking about I ended up playing th- the actual game. We can kind of let you talk about Duke Nukem forever then not forever yeah have a brief window yeah. of happiness <laughs> yeah 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 let's 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 go back to uh when things were nice so back in like 1995 i want to say is when duke nukem 3d came out. i was like 94 95 had to be because it was after doom and before quick um and i finally got around to playing through it for the first time i've played a little bit of it before i played like the first couple levels um because I'm good at Doom, I got all stubborn and played it on hard difficulties before. And this time I decided, hey, you know what? I just want to see the sights. I'm going to play it on easy and just have a good time. And um, there's a lot to like about Duke Nukem 3D. Like, it genuinely has really awesome mapping, for one thing. Like, the city levels feel way more like real spaces than anything in like the city levels in Doom. In fact, the funniest part to me is, like, Doom's best and best put-together levels are the moon bases and in duke 3d it's more like the moon bases levels are the boring ones you want to be in the city because it just has a really good sense of space to it like it feels real i first played duke nukem 3d way back in the day i'm talking i was like seven six eight you know eight that general area and uh my dad's friend kevin fitz he was the type of dude that he had a catalog with every VHS that he owned. And if you wanted to watch a movie, you'd look through the catalog, pick it out. He would go find it, make a note that it was, quote, checked out. And it, and just like he was that kind of guy. So he had a list of all of his computer games. And there were games I couldn't play, like Leisure Suit Larry and stuff. He wouldn't let me play those. But I could play Doom. I could play Duke Nukem. And I could play Wolfenstein. So those were the games that I would play. And I think he also had the first Tomb Raider on PC, but I could not wrap my head around playing that on a keyboard, right? So I don't have a lot of memories of it, but I remember just the pig enemies were hilarious to me as a child. Oh, yeah. And the crude humor cracked me up. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things about the pig cops is they're mutated LAPD officers, but their shirts say L-A-R-D instead. Tremendous. That's just a good goof. I'm, I'm kind of sad that didn't come back for Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the pig cops and Duke Nukem Forever for sure. Yeah, but like, uh, so the, the the architecture was really good. Um, I actually enjoyed the boss fights a lot. Uh, and me and Dan were talking about this a little bit on DMs, but like all the technological innovations that the build engine had over in Tech One, the engine that uh, Doom, Heretic, and Hexen came out in, were crazy. Like there are moving sectors like you can be in a sector like in doom a sector can only move up and down like that's it it can be an elevator or a door that's it in doom Nukem 3d you can sit on a space shuttle or a boat or something and it will carry you elsewhere and like uh there's 
like a room over room effect. I don't know exactly how it's done. I think it uses invisible portals. I don't think it's true room over room. Because, like, definitely when you, like, go underwater, for instance, like, enemies can't follow you from above to below water. So there's probably some kind of portal trick going on there. But it's really convincing and seamless when you're actually playing it. And the the weapons are hilarious. Like, it took me a while to figure out how to use some of them. But, like, I really started enjoying... Um, so there's a bunch of guns, and most of them will be coming back in this game. But like, so his main starter guns are like the obvious, you know, melee pistol. Uh, wait, is there a pistol? No, I think there's a pistol. Pistol, shotgun, uh, chain gun, cannon, rocket or RPG. But then it starts getting into the weird stuff where it's like there's um, a freeze ray that if you shoot someone with it, it uh, freezes them, and you can go up and just kick them, and they shatter into bits. There's a uh, the uh, Oh, there's another really weird sci-fi weapon. The uh, Shrink Ray. The Shrinker yeah. slash Expander. That if you shrink, you shrink someone with it, you can go step on them. And then in the fourth episode, there's an Expander, which is the same thing, except it blows them up like that one scene from Live and Let Die. Um, and then, let's see. The the kind of BFG equivalent is the Devastator, which does come back for this game. Uh, we'll probably end up needing to talk about the Devastator a little bit. Uh, but it just it's like a rocket launcher that shoots a whole bunch of ammo really, really, really fast and is the best weapon for you. The shoulder ones. Yeah. Yeah, it's the one that's like two rocket launchers mounted on your shoulder. You go bah, 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 very quickly. It rules. And then there's like stuff like pipe bombs and uh, laser trip mines that I never figured out how to use and hollow dukes that I never figured out how to use. I like literally used zero of those throughout the whole game. Well, the AI is too smart for the hollow duke. The pipe bombs were good. I did use the pipe bomb a good amount, but I didn't use the other two. Um... Yeah, I just wanted to say, like, Duke Nukem 3D, I went into it, like, as a kid, I always thought that the Duke Nukem kids were always like, you know, this game's so much technically better than Doom, it's so funny and cool, and it's the better, like, those kids always struck me as the same as, like, the Marathon kids that were, like, they had Mac computers and they couldn't play Doom, <laughs> but, like, then I got the Duke Nukem and I was like, damn, this, um, this is really good. It is clearly technically superior to Doom in a lot of ways, and... The main reason it's not a better game than Doom is just um, Doom has better straight-up combat. Now, I have two questions. One's for Dane. Well, I have three questions. One's for Dane, one's for Nate, and one's for you. Um, my question yeah. for you, Willie, uh, is does this game have wads like Doom does, like Duke Nukem 3D? Do people, people make wads for it? I believe it is possible to get packs for it, but I don't think it, it's anywhere near as common as Doom or Quake mapping. But there were also a lot of releases. Well, yeah, because there was something called Duke Zone 150, which was made by the same people as D-Zone. And so they had like 150 levels for it. But I think a lot of them might have been like machine-converted Doom wads and stuff like that too. So they probably weren't all that great. But then again, there's also, you know, there's Duke 3D, there's the Atomic Edition, which has a fourth episode. There's the 20th Edition World Tour, which ha or 20th Anniversary World Tour, which has a fifth episode. There's uh, Life's a Beach Caribbean Vacation, which is a standalone episode. Uh... There was a lot of Duke 3D content out there. That's why I got confused when we got uh, Manhattan Project pulled for our games because there were so many Duke games. I thought it was one of the Duke 3D games instead of a side Yeah, when we got Manhattan Project, I thought it was going to be more like the PlayStation 1 third-person shooter games, and it was not. So yeah. my question for Nate, do you have any experience with Duke 3D? No. I'd, if I did, I might have played a, like a little bit of the shareware back in the day, but nothing that ever actually really stuck with me. So Duke Nukem Forever is really... Other than Manhattan Project, my first real foray in the Duke sphere. 
This is why I wanted to play Duke 3D going into this, because I already disliked the last one we played, and I didn't want to go giving Duke two strikes before he ever really got a chance at bat, you know? I can respect that. So, Dane, do you have any experience with Duke 3D? I never actually played it start to finish. Uh, I've played a bunch of the different releases just here and there. I was more of a Doom kid. Uh, Willie can relate, I'm sure. But uh, the biggest difference that I always felt between Doom and Duke Nukem, when you play Doom and you're good at it, you feel cool. When you're playing Duke and you're it, you're just having fun. It's just kind of a, that subtle tone. That's where he's you know always mouthing off. I played Duke a little bit later on, and I always thought it was like what happens when you take the Doom guy and Gex from the Gex games <laughs> and drop him in. <laughs> Holy shit! That is the best <laughs> description of Duke Nukem I've ever heard. <laughs> so you've got a badass with a gun who don't shut the fuck up, and in the best possible way. <laughs> And I just and John St. John just really sells the character, and that was what I always really enjoyed was just the character of Duke. You've got guts. Let's see what they look like. And all the cheesy fucking 80s movie one-liners and Bruce Campbell illusions. That it was just always fun. I'd buy this for but, a dollar. I did love that Duke was always quoting like, because uh, uh, for me and a lot of people my age, the Duke versions of those lines were the first time we heard them. And then we went and watched like Evil Dead or They Live and we're like, oh shit, he was just making a reference this whole time. Right. I, I grew up thinking, you know, I came here to kick ass and chew bubble gum and I'm all yeah. out of gum. I thought that was Duke. And then to learn that that was Roddy Piper and They Live, I'm like, oh, holy mm-hmm. shit. That's so cool. It's so cool. Um, so, so yeah, then. So I want to go ahead and give Duke 3D a grade, even though we didn't play it for the podcast, uh, just because I really enjoyed it. I want to say I think it is in my top five favorite first-person shooters of all time. Like wow. if I had to make tier lists, I think my S plus tier right now would be classic Doom. So Doom, Doom One, Doom Two, uh, Final Doom. The S tier would be Quake and Dusk, and then the S minus tier is Duke 3D and Team Fortress Two. And everything else is somewhere I'm below. very surprised to hear you put it up next to Team Fortress 2 with how much you hyped that game up. I have like 400 hours in Team Fortress 2, but I loved my first playthrough of Duke Nukem so much that I'm like, it's much like Dusk where I'm like, I'm probably going to play this nice. again within weeks. That's what's up. That's what's up. Love to hear it. Give it a diff- more difficult challenge level, you know? Good ass game. So uh, was there anything else you wanted to bring up, my good sir, before I'm, we move on? Uh... See, I mentioned the weapon variety. I do think that, again, the main thing that separates Doom, aside from the prevalence of mapping, is I think ultimately the combat is less satisfying in Duke 3D. It's not bad, but uh, there's a lot of, like, enemies that just kind of stand still and shoot at you a lot and um, aren't, like, as interesting tactically as the uh, Doom monsters. But it's still really good. I also like how every level ends on a... um, like a, a nuclear bomb button for us to just destroy the level and then leave it. I kind of wish they would have brought that back. So, uh, as far as as far as uh, me, <clears throat> I've just been working a lot. <laughs> I put in a twelve hour day the other day, and it was uh, it was long as fuck. Um, but it's been because of the holiday. Um, basically, we were on six day weeks because Christmas time starts getting ridiculous. And when I tell you that if I never had to walk into a Walmart again, even though I have to on Friday, like I'd be happy because 
there was a day we had to go and we worked an 800-piece Walmart truck, me and Tony. Then we had to go work a Publix truck, then a Winn-Dixie truck. Then we had to go work backstock at another Winn-Dixie. Then we had to go back to Walmart for a second pull. When we went back to that Walmart for the second pull, it looked like we had never been there. We put out 800 cases of things. There was maybe maybe 100 cases of backstock, and that's just like, you know, monster um, waters, things like that. One can of tab just sitting (laughs) there. The amount of 24 packs. like So when I order... A, a pallet of 24 packs. There's 104 24 packs stacked up. Okay. Heaviest. Let me go into heaviest fuck. You better hope you get a good jack. But uh, always love a good jack. I love a good jack. Um. But we we. Oh, like a pebus. Like a pebus, yes, sir. So <laughs> we put out a good three quarters of a of a pallet of Coke 24 packs, and so we came back that day and it looked like we had never put out a single one in fact more were gone than we had put out and we were like what in the flying fuck um so that's just how it's been in every store like we were doing we went and helped this guy we work with uh, clinton at a Publix that was on argyle which is a very very populated part of jacksonville and brothers when i tell you that i was putting stuff on the shelf and people would walk up and grab it as i was putting it up like there was a sea of people. I could have crowd surfed if I wanted to. <laughs> and I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> I am so ready for it to calm down. Dude, the craziest part about that to me is like, I, I guess my view is so skewed on Walmart these days. Cause like I haven't shopped at a Walmart in probably like five plus years. So to me, it's just like, do people still actually shop at Walmart? Apparently they fucking do. All right. <laughs> Bro, it was it's been a fucking madhouse in there. Like to the point that if we didn't get to go and work the coolers before the doors opened, they're just not getting work that day. Because there's no fucking getting to them. Nate's just looking down at us from his ivory tower over a target. Like, <laughs> uh, do people still talk it? Yeah, I'm not trying to be that so, guy, but like Walmart's not even cheaper than anywhere <laughs> else anymore. It's just like yeah. why go to Walmart? <laughs> No, you're right. Tony Tony told me, he goes, bro, he goes, you kind of got thrown to the wolves with Walmart because JD's Walmart is the busiest Walmart in our entire, like, crew, followed closely by this second one that's over in, in actual Jacksonville. But, like, so I'm the new guy trying to handle the busiest Walmart, and it's just like, oh, my God, there's so much product that goes out here, and it's just, it's it's ridiculous. But I'm, I'm going to work. I'm making it work. Um, but yeah, Nate, there a lot of people shop at Walmart. Apparently, man. It's crazy. A lot. We go out of town so we can shop at the next <laughs> Oh, when I did shop at Walmart in this town, there's two Walmarts. I never shopped at the one that's five minutes down the road. I'd take 20 minutes to go to the nice Walmart, too, when I had to go to it yeah. back in the day. So I completely understand that feeling because there is a very big difference between the shitty Walmart and the nicer Walmarts. Well, b- back this one doesn't even have a subway in, in day, it. it was oh no baby let's drive that little extra time let's go to the super center now they're all super centers because i remember back in the day when walmart didn't have a fucking grocery store in it hmm. i'm that old kids that aren't listening to this show i remember when we went to the kmart instead of the walmart because it was nice i remember kmart <laughs> I remember Kmart. And the Kmart had a little Caesar's Our pizza. Our Walmart Kmart is in a, the old Kmart, Kmart had a little Caesar's pizza in it. <laughs> I was literally about to say that, Nate. When Thank I you first so much. Moved here to Keystone, there was an Eckerd's and a TCBY. 
and I haven't seen either of those in years because they don't fucking exist anymore. <laughs> the uh, Dalton's gonna grab his Moxie soda and go to the Piggly Wiggly order up a sarsaparilla. Uh, yeah, and I think Eckerd's is now what chronic chronic vaginal syndrome CVS. Uh, oh wow, that one <laughs> I really never heard that right before. Over. Okay. I was like, wait, what? I <laughs> know. I always thought it was. I always said that CVS sounded like. Like a weird abbreviation for a death metal band that's got a name they don't want to tell people. <laughs> <laughs> Chronic oh, yeah. syndrome. That is like, the only place I've ever seen blue waffles. Ah. <laughs> I mean, STP's one of STP's original names was pretty terrible too. The one they ended up abbreviating, so I get it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, but yeah. So like, my life these days is like, go to work, come home, try to find the energy to play video games for a little bit, go to sleep, repeat. And on my days off, I stay up late. Because <laughs> I can, brother. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna miss my uh, being able to keep made up at like 5 a.m. to play video games time, but that those they days are coming to an end very soon. Spoilers for the rest of this episode. Uh, it got to the point that that it was that 12 hour day. I think it was. I came home. I loaded up Duke Nukem Forever. I played it for like 10 minutes. Alt F4 uninstall. I no longer have time for this fucking game. <laughs> I was like, man. I mean, it's quite valid. I, so I ruined your legal time. <laughs> it's Duke Nukem well, Forever, guys. Like, its initials are DNF for a reason. <laughs> we did not finish. <laughs> did not finish. Well, one of us finished it, and I'm impressed. And the other one, another one of us got real close to finishing it. And then I sneezed or something, and I couldn't finish. I uh, I edged this game and decided it wasn't worth it. I'll wait till another yeah. day. I'll talk about why I didn't finish it when we get to it, but we probably should move on to show unless you got more Dalton. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to touch on was uh, for Christmas stuff. Um, I bought my I bought my dad oh, yeah. uh, for PS4 the Mass Effect Legendary Edition because my dad's always been super into space stuff. So I figured, hey, my dad likes RPGs. He likes space stuff. Here is a space stuff RPG enjoy uh he hasn't played it yet but it's there for him to check out if he wants to um i i've never thought of mass effect as being a dad game before but now that i'm really thinking about it that is super yeah, a dad i mean game. yeah i'm like dad you like star trek and anything space related i was like you're always watching these weird movies that you find on amazon prime that are space related so here this will keep you from watching the orville <laughs> go ahead uh so uh personally i bought myself um Diablo 4 and Mortal Kombat 1. I have since returned to Mortal Kombat 1 because I decided I need to play 9, 10, and 11 through story mode before I get to Mortal Kombat 1. So why not spend that money somewhere else? So I returned to that. Um, and then I bought for Willie, I got you the Duke Nukem 3D Atomic, not Atomic Edition, the uh, 25th, 20th, 20th anniversary. anniversary yeah. Because uh, you had mentioned you liked that and there was a fifth episode in that one. So I was like, oh, well, here you go. You can play mm-hmm. the fifth episode. I was also going to buy it for Nate. Nate already owns it. So now I don't know what to get that fucker. Wow. So I'll figure that out eventually. <laughs> uh, uh, sh- get him nuclear thrown. That's it's not wrong. Wrong. I won't listen to this. So it is I got, wrong, so. uh, I got Brandy, Far Cry 6, and Mortal Kombat 11. They were uh, they were relatively cheap. Um, and Daphne, I think I've talked about what I got her. I got her Nickelodeon Kart Racing, which Brandy told me that she recently introduced her to Cat Dog. And she loved it, nice. and I was like, hell yeah. Uh, Alone in the world is a little cat dog. Little cat dog. Um, 
banger theme song. I remember nothing else about the show. It was like Ren and uh, Stimpy, also- but they were connected. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember that. Part. I just don't yeah, remember any of the jokes or anything. Similar vibes, honestly. Well, I'll say Ren- it was it was like cow and chicken, but yeah. less. Oh. I'll say Ren and Snippy got way although more potentially vulgar. more disturbing because where's the butthole on cat dog? It's good news. <laughs> any hole you want. My, when me and Brandy were talking about the other day, my mom brought that up. She was like, "I always wondered how they pooped." It's like, it's a, like they just it just dissolves. It's a backwards human centipede. He thought situation. it was fur balls. <laughs> Human centipede meets that scene from um It's oh, it's that card I don't remember what movie it's, it's that card from, from um, Cards Against Humanities pooping back and forth forever. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I got her that. I got her uh this game that's like my pet rescue thing where it's like a uh, you work for a vet and you like fix up pets. So I was like that's what her mom does for a living. So I was Classic. like she can have her little version she can do on there and be like, Mom, I'm doing what you do. <laughs> that's fun. I thought that would be fun. Oh. And then I got her Sonic Mania. Nice. And I straight up told Brandy, this might be more for you than her for a little while. Because I was like, she might really like the colors and stuff in Sonic. And if she's good at this game, I'm going to be mad because I'm bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, this isn't Sonic colors. You bought it's that Mania. Just- <laughs> I did. I did. And uh, <clears throat> Brandy kept telling me, she's like, I think I already have a Sonic game for her. And then she went and looked. She's like, no, I'm sorry. It's Spyro. That's good, too. That's really good. Spyro's probably actually easier. <laughs> Spyro is probably 100% easier than Sonic is. Like, Although, I think Sonic Mania is a little more forgiving than the older Sonic. A little bit, yeah. Remember, it right? is. But, but yeah. Uh, so, uh, there was that. And I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, and then today I ordered some Omaha steak stuff for my parents. Omaha, Omaha. Omaha steaks. Boomer Sooner. <laughs> oh, that's Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> We just went all kinds of places uh, there. Nate's trying to do his uh, Peyton Manning reference. You just no sell it and start putting Omaha <laughs> in a different state. I mean, I think Dane was replaced by a cardboard cutout like 20 minutes ago. So uh, what what did you guys get for Christmas? That was the last thing I wanted to bring up before we move on to the game. They got me a little Doom guy figure. Yeah, it's, like, it. it's a lot like the ones from, like you remember how you found the collectibles in Doom 2016. I kind of wanted to get one of those, and that was the closest guy I could find. It's pretty cool. That's right. Um, I didn't really get too many interesting gifts. I got a wallet with money in it, so that's always good. And <laughs> I got a new wallet too. I needed a new wallet, dude. My uh, because I have to take my uh, driver's license out to get my medication refilled now that I have a you know controlled substance. Like I, the driver's license thing on my card or wallet was just shredded, and so really happy yeah. to have a new wallet. I don't have a lot of youngsters in my life anymore at this time, so it's just like nobody really wants anything ever. So the coolest present I bought was Willie's little Doom guy. I got my nephew Owen sixty dollars worth of Steam gift cards, but like, <laughs> there's nothing fun yeah. that you give kids when they're like teenagers. Everyone's a fucking teenager now. <laughs> Where did you buy the Steam gift cards? Best Buy. Okay, as at Walgreens, when people would come in and they would buy more than like one or two, we had to ask them, "Do you know the people you're buying these for? Are you being scammed?" Like, so that's funny. There were people. Yeah, there was a guy who would come in, and I want to know what his what his stick was, because he would come in once, twice, sometimes three times a week, and buy a hundred dollars worth of Steam cards. Just, and he'd be like, "I want to do these in separate transactions." But I never asked. But I was always curious because the homeboy doesn't look like he's running some kind of criminal racket, but he might be running a criminal racket. <laughs> or he's being duped. One of the two. One of the two. Yeah. 
Jinx. <laughs> I'm just giving all these to my World of Warcraft gold farmers <laughs> that I got working for me. So what about you, Dane, on the Christmas front? What'd you, did you get anything interesting? Uh, I'm the episodes Grinch. We don't really do Christmas here. Uh, oh, the sure. closest that we came is my parents' anniversary is the day before Christmas Eve. So my mom's like, uh, whenever you get me a present, I want new phones. Get me a new house phone. So not even a fucking cell phone. It's, you know, got her a new base with a charger and a uh, answering machine built into wow, it. they still so make those, huh? That's about as exciting as <laughs> the gifts got. Something super practical for an anniversary and we didn't do a thing for Christmas. Hey, man, <laughs> the, the, mo- the, the biggest thing that I got was an alarm clock. Nice. Because uh, I woke up late for work last week. Because I forgot to set my alarm on my phone. So my mom's like, well, now you have an alarm clock that's got Bluetooth and it's a speaker. So you can like set it to wake up to one of your podcasts or something. Or I'm like, cool. <laughs> I appreciate it. Put on some Dragon Force and just wake up fighting <laughs> on the dragon. <laughs> <season>. <laughs> 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 Sit up out of bed. So far away <laughs> we wake for the day. God, I love Dragon Force. <laughs> Dude. They're underrated. They really are. Like, I know for a while they were overrated. Like people called them overrated, but I feel like in time they have gotten a lot better. Like that fucking song they wrote about Skyrim, The Last Dragonborn, that song goes hard. Yeah, I like I just and, love their they're unabashedly nerds too. Like they know what they're oh, doing. Yeah. And metal is is by and for nerds and always has been. <laughs> Case in point, Man of War. Like <laughs> I love, dude, Manowar is the exact epitome of whatever the fuck it is Manowar yeah. is. But they are out there doing it. Battle him by Manowar goes so hard and it's so <laughs> stupid at the Just same time. Dudes in loincloths playing metal. Like, <laughs> that's that's the sum of it. Like, you get your black metal dudes who paint up and they burn churches and stuff. Those dudes are still going home and probably playing Nintendo. Right now, they're probably playing I mean, horror games, but... <laughs> Megadeth did the theme song for Duke. I mean... That is true. <laughs> That's true. And Goldberg. That's true. Did they end up using the Megadeth uh, version of Grab Bag for Duke Forever? I don't think they used the Megadeth version in Duke Forever, but... That's Ooh. too bad. I mean... That makes me want to piss, so I'm going to... I'll be right back. Let's <laughs> have a fun conversation. He's still playing the game. <laughs> there were enough... St- what was it on the controller? Rap bumper? <laughs> They had enough stains on the game. They didn't need a must. <laughs> so, I, okay, I'm going to wait for Willie to come back to say what I was about to say. So we'll just vamp till then. Now, so me- I feel like metal is a good genre for first-person shooters. And I feel like that that was proved with that Metal Hellslinger or whatever. Yeah. Where you had to shoot on beat. I haven't played that yet, but I really want I to. bought it. I'm going to bring it up for the show at some point for sure. It just looks so interesting. Yeah, the game looks and awesome. Like, they brought in a lot of cool vocalists for that. And I'm like, man, the fact that like you're killing it at some point and it's Surge, and then at another level you're doing it and Homeboy from Lorna Shore just going insane. Like, I mean, I think it's part of the appeal of even games back in the day, like Doom. You know, like everything was a MIDI um, ripoff of a Metallica song or Alice in Chains or something back in the day. That's true. Pantera. Yeah, so like metal and FPSs are like married in a lot of regards. I think just metal and action, at period, whether it's video games or movies or anything like that, it's just that. And then the fact, you know, matching yeah. up with the gun. Yeah, the uh, 
I just picture somebody in the in the production room. All right, we're gonna take we're gonna take Pantera's walk. We're gonna put it through. We're gonna make it MIDI. We're gonna double time it. Song is now called Run. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna put it on the soundtrack <laughs> and it'll be fine. <laughs> Next, <laughs> that is. 90% what Bobby Prince did when he composed music for Doom. <laughs> there is a song on there that is just from Doom 2 that is just straight up Angry Chair. It's yeah. just Angry Chair. Well, it's a good song, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So, Willie, I specifically waited for you to come back because I think I mentioned this to both of them, but not you. Oh, I need to go piss again. I'll be right <laughs> Just kidding. This is the first time in the history of the obligatory wig of booty of bullshit that I looked up a game and there was not one, but two official Wikipedia pages for it. There huh? is the page for Duke Nukem Forever, which I will read a segment from. And there is a page for the development of Duke Nukem Forever, which I will read. Oh, that from. makes sense. So it's time for the obligatory Wikipedia. Oh, let me try that again. It's time for the obligatory Wikipedia bullshit. Blow it out your ass, Jimbo I'm not going to try to read the whole thing like Duke, though. It'll fuck my throat up. Duke Nukem Forever is a 2011 first-person shooter game developed by Gearbox Software. I'm glad they got better by the time Borderlands. <laughs> and Nevertheless, fuck you, Randy. Published Pitchford. by 2K for Windows, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360. It is the fourth main installment in the Duke Nukem series and is the sequel to Duke Nukem 3D. Players control... Duke Nukem, as he <laughs> thank you out of retirement to battle an alien invasion. Like its predecessor, Duke Nukem Forever features pop culture references, toilet humor, and adult content. Duke Nukem Forever began development under 3D realms and underwent a severely protracted development that lasted more than 14 years. Announced in 1997, followed by the success of or following the success of Duke Nukem 3D, it was delayed several times which is attributed to engine changes, understaffing, and a lack of development plan. After 3D Realms downsized in 2009, Duke Nukem Forever was finished by Triptych Games, Gearbox Software, and Piranha Games. The three fucking studios working on this game. Three! And we got what we got. It holds, or excuse me, it held the Guinness World Record for longest development for a video game. Oh, now I'm vastly curious as to what could have beat that out. My first guess is Daikatana, but I think Daikatana was only like 12 years. Anybody else have a guess? Anybody? So. Oh, wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Dwarf Fortress. This period was exceeded in 2022 by Beyond Good and Evil 2. Oh. I would never have come up with that. I didn't realize that happened. Uh. Duke Nukem Forever was released on June 14th, 2011 and received mostly unfavorable reviews with criticism for its graphics, dated humor and story, simplistic mechanics, and unpolished performance and design. It did not meet sales expectations, but was deemed profitable by Take-Two Interactive, the owner of 2K Games. And you know they make fucking fantastic decisions. An additional... Well, you know why it was profitable. What? All the money that went into it uh, going over and over and over and starting over was all sunk by 3D Realms. So by the time it got to them, they had like three bucks in it. Yeah, that's fair enough. So it couldn't help uh, but make money. That is a good fucking point. An additional episode, The Doctor Who Cloned Me, was released as downloadable content later in the year. Early versions of Duke Nukem Forever were leaked in 2022. Now, 
I believe that DLC contains uh, the villain from the first two Duke Nukem games before it became a first-person shooter, right? That was yep. about Dr. Proton. Dr. Proton. Yeah, I believe okay. Dane will cool. talk about that a little bit later. Uh, I think he's the only one that dove into the DLC. Um, that's Sadist. Yeah. Yeah. Or Maskist. Yeah, Maskist. Well, the DLC is actually kind of fun. <laughs> huh. uh, and then quick, but you know, I'm getting ahead of the. <laughs> quickly, the uh, the development page. I'm just going to read the first couple paragraphs. Of this. The video game Duke Nukem Forever spent more than 14 years in development, from 1996 to 2011. That's insane. Uh, it became, uh, yeah, it became an infamous example of vaporware. Due to its severely protracted developments. Every time I read the word severely protracted, I think a prolapsed asshole. Don't ask me why. <laughs> Director George. Did you make it to the hive level? The This, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you see what I'm doing. Yep, uh, yep, Director yep. George Brassard, uh, one of the creators of the original Duke Nukem games, uh, announced the development in 1997 and promotional information was released in 1997 until its release in 2011. Uh, after repeatedly announcing and deferring release dates, 3D Realms announced in 2001 that Duke Nukem Forever would be released, quote, when it's done. Yikes. <laughs> in 2009. That's never a good sign. It's always shocking when when it's done, even it gets released. So, Valve can get away with that. 3D Realms yeah, cannot can. get away with that. Valve and CD Projekt Red. <laughs> because when people were asking, when's The Witcher 3 coming out? They said, when it's done. And then that game came out. And we all know how good Witcher 3 is. But, like... Yeah, in, the, in this case, this is the other side of when it's done. When it's like, uh, I don't want to, uh, well, you know, when it's when it's done, it's, 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 that's what it's coming out. And in their head, they're like, we got to restart it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 2009, uh, 3D Realms was downsized, resulting in a loss of the game's development team. Statements indicated that the project was due to go gold soon with pictures of final development. But Take-Two Interactive, which owns the Duke Nukem Forever publishing rights, filed a lawsuit in 2009 against 3D Realms because they're massive dicks. Oh, excuse me. It means uh, over their failure to finish development of Duke Nukem Forever. 3D Realms responded that Take-Two's legal interest was limited to their publishing right, and the case was settled with prejudice and details undisclosed in 2010. I don't know what the fuck any of that means, but that sucks for whoever that was. <laughs> On September 3rd, 2010, 14 years after the start of the development, Duke Nukem Forever was announced by 2K Games to be in development at Gearbox Software with an expected release date of 2011. And son of a bitch, Duke Nukem Forever was released on June 10th, 2011 to mostly negative reviews. <laughs> Can't imagine why. Like, my goodness, dude. <laughs> so that is... You ever... You ever play like a 24-hour game jam game that's actually pretty good and fun and then realize that this game spent 5,000 more time in the oven and still came out like this? It's amazing, dude. Like, so, okay, let's just jump at first impressions. Um, I first played this on PS3 way back in the day. I rented it. Ooh. I rented it. And I don't remember if there was something wrong with the disc or if I just bounced off it hard. But I remember taking it back and getting something else. Um, which, if you were if, if you were alive in that time, you know that's a big deal because you got to convince your parents to drive back up to the fucking video store. Then you got to go face video store man and be like, "Hey, this game sucks." And then you got to see if he'll be like, "All right, yeah, get something else." Or, "Sorry, kid, you're out of luck." Luckily, my local guys were super cool and they were usually like they knew the game sucked because they had already played it, <laughs> so they'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll take that back." Which doesn't say much about him for letting you leave the store 
with Duke forever. Yeah, he did <laughs> not let me leave with two worlds too, or it might have been the first two wow. worlds. He was like, "You should go get Oblivion instead if it's there," and I did. Wow, and I will forever fucking thank that guy for that <laughs> because I played Oblivion for the first time and was like, "Holy shit!" Good looking out, homie. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? Qu- quick side story. What's funny is uh, back when I used to see Morrowind in there. I just remember people at school and reading in magazines, oh, it can take up to an hour to walk between towns and stuff in Morrowind. And that always turned me off. I was like, oh, man, that sounds cool, but that seems like it would take a lot of time and I got to go to school. <laughs> you sounded like Adam Sandler when you say that. Got to go to school. Got to go to school. <laughs> but, like, in, in my brain, like, I'm thinking, oh, man. It's going to be this big, vast, huge open world. And when in reality, when I played it as an adult, it's like, oh, no, the walk speed is just fucking abysmally slow unless you put skill into it. That's what took forever. Because if you have a high skill, you can run between towns in like five fucking minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But sprinting while you're like the level one character is just you get to go like one and a half times faster for one and a half seconds, and then you can't do any attacks, so try not to get attacked. Now, wasn't Morrowind where right after you start, like, actually get out into the world, you can get the boots of blinding speed that make you move super fast, but yeah, you can't, turn off your visuals? You can't see anything. Yeah. 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 It's also the game that, like, you're just walking right at the beginning. You're walking along, dude falls from the fucking sky, and you can loot him, and then read the scroll that he was talking about, and then you also fall from the fucking sky and die. <laughs> It's like, dude, that's fuck Starfield. Like, <laughs> god damn it. Like, why could they not put anything interesting like that in that game? Fuck. What well, was a Bethesda game? Oh, How what? was there not just a glitch that made you just spawn out and fall from the sky? <laughs> Space. Seriously. I almost feel like that that was a glitch that happened to them in development, and they were like, we need to make a quest around this because that shit's hilarious. They loved that shit. I mean, they, like, kept the. Uh, the Skyrim space program giants in the game, even after like two patches, just because they're like, it is really funny when the Skyrim giants hit the ground and you just fly a million feet in the air. Super high up. Let me tell you though, that fucking sucked in VR. (laughs) Oh God. The most disorienting fucking thing to get hit by a giant. (coughs) This must be what (laughs) Jeb Kerman feels like. But my, so my first impressions of Duke Nukem now, like going into it, was two things. So one of these I already said to Nate, and I'm going to say it again on the show. Me and Nate had a conversation in a DM when we were playing Yakuza Kiwami 2. And I said, man, this game has really good use of depth of field. Like, they really made things pop with it. Duke Nukem Forever is the complete fucking opposite of that. It is, holy shit, did they overuse depth of field. And everything except what I'm looking at is blurry as fuck. And I hate it. It looks like I could not get over the blur in Vaseline. Yeah, the blur and fog effects were one of the first things that jumped out to me as a huge turnoff. And then you get Duke Vision, and it makes things even worse because that thing just malfunctions if you get like one candle's worth of light in front of you. Yeah, and not to mention it makes everything blue, and the very first gun you get has blue shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, great job. And no direction. And, and and while we're talking about Duke Vision, that fucking hive level where. All the doors are buttholes. Ha ha. Got to take a little butthole to get in. Ha ha. But like having to walk around in the complete darkness using that Duke vision to then have to find a creature that lights up 
and then you then have to shoot it to move or push it to move it around. So you can't use Duke Vision. So you have to stay near this thing, and that's when the enemies start spawning. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right. It, uh, it it was it was at that point that my my patience started getting tested for this game. Up until that point, I was having fun, and then I got to the that high up level. There were two words that kept jumping out at me over and over again, and both of them describe a lot of that level, and that is busy work and filler. There was a lot of filler. We will get to that later, believe yeah. you me. So, I'll go, let's see, next. Uh, so, Nate doesn't yell at me, I'll go with the guest. Dane, what was your first impression of uh, Duke Nukem Forever? Well, the original first impression, I actually picked this game up on my brother's Steam account within a year of its original release. Did you guys not read reviews back in the day? How did both of you play this game in the 2010s? Here's the thing. I knew what I was getting into because this game made it to the bargain bin at Walmart in record (laughs) time. I don't think the DLC was out before this was in the $15 shit bin. Okay? And I knew. uh, Damn, you shop at Walmart? Yeah, I worked at Walmart. (laughs) Quickly, by the time that it got around the PS3 and stuff like that, I didn't really read reviews. I, I had stopped getting PlayStation Magazine at that point. So, like, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, I knew all the shit because I got the magazine every month. And it was all that. Now, by the time PlayStation 3 came out, I was just like, hey, Duke Nukem, I remember really enjoying those games back at my dad's friend's house. Let's pick this up and see what what the fuck is this. This is, like, bad Halo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yep, that, that, you just said a very important word from my first impressions. Yeah, because uh, I was not a huge fan of Halo. Uh, I played it. Me and my buddy went through it on like legendary co-op because one of you died. A you didn't both experience. instantly get a game over. So somebody would respawn. Yeah. That's how we managed it. But I wasn't a fan. I didn't like the slow FPS, two guns, regenerating health. That was not my first-person shooter world. The, you know, I was a Doom kid. So... Mm. I'm already hating these mechanics in current games, which were just taking over. And then I get a hold of Duke, which I knew was going to be a garbage fire because me and my brother had a running bet on which would come out first, Duke Nukem Forever or the Guns N' Roses album, Chinese Democracy. Chinese Democracy. Wow, that's a good bet. (laughs) Who did come out first? uh, Axl Rose got it together three years before (laughs) Duke came out. (laughs) And very similarly, the stuff that got leaked early for both of these was way better than the finished product. Oh, yeah, we need. I really wish I would have looked up more info on the Duke Forever prototypes because there was supposedly some really interesting shit. And like a version of like a playable version of one of them leaked not too long ago. Yeah, I think it leaked last year. And I think 2K Games had said something about, you know, maybe we'll release the uh, 2001 version of duke if we can find some way to milk money out of people for it because <laughs> you know they sunk so much money into it to begin with for all this development but you know story for yeah. another time but my initial impression was this already feels dated and that was when i played it back like within a year of release and by the time i hit the first shrunken dukes duke segment i tapped out i think i might have played a little <sighs> bit past that no you know, it's funny that you said dated, because my first thought was, if this would have come out late PS2, I think people would have been a lot 
more forgiving with it because the blurriness and the depth of field reminded me of a PS2 game called Killzone. And I feel like it would have succeeded at that. But the fact that this came out on PS3, you are 100% right. It seemed dated as fuck. Mm-hmm. That definitely jumped out to me, too. This game feels like an Xbox original or PlayStation 2 game. Yeah. And basically, they took everything that had made what was fun in Duke 3D. The massive weapon variety. Guess what? You got mm-hmm. two Halo guns now. It took the fast movement speed from circle strafing. And guess what? You're running through mud now. And just put all of these more recent tropes for first-person shooters that came out during the interim of their development. And they just stuck that all in there and they I think they missed what actually made Duke 3D fun when they were making this game and just tried to chase trends and got way behind and couldn't catch up oh man not only is it chasing trends but it's chasing the trends of five years ago and even by this point in time that it already started to age badly for sure alright so Nate what about you yeah so honestly it kind of looked the way I expected it to. Like, I knew it was an older game. It kind of played and looked the way I expected it to. Um, I think it makes a pretty damn good first impression when you walk into the game and you're at the football arena and you get to draw on the chalkboard, you give a kid an autograph, you do all this goofy shit, and then you um, go out into the football field and start blasting. You know, I thought that was a really fun cool introduction to the game and then you find out that's all part of a video game that duke Nukem is just sitting there playing which that that got a chuckle out of me and then it comes to the next scene and i'm like oh god this is gonna be one of those games where i really don't want my wife to walk into the room while i'm playing it. <laughs> i immediately thought of you in that in that part and was like gotta be hilarious if nate's wife walked in and they're just like Duke's getting heads from the wholesome twins like god why is this what it is but it was fine (laughs) it it was crude humor and it's okay and for does what it did i guess fairly well um i really started off really kind of enjoying the game i thought the humor was a little bit childish but obviously that's duke nukem for you and i was having a pretty good time with it at first now, I will say at the time I got to the second session, which I still consider a first impression, right? I was sitting there playing it. I was like, oh, man, that was a good three hours of gameplay. Let's uh, take a break. I looked down at the time and I had been playing for 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. God. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so that's kind of that kind of sums up my first impressions of it. Um, but real quick, fellas. I'm going to need to go away for like 20 to 30 minutes. So you boys have fun. There's three of you. You got this without me for a little bit. Yeah, no worries. Oh, okay. So Willie, what, luck, you, what was your first impression? Well, I want to say that these two banged on the exact chords I wanted to strum on this one. Because the first two things that struck me were, one, I really enjoyed the scene where you played in the video game. and it, It's like a recreation of the uh, boss fight from the third episode of Duke Nukem 3D where you're fighting against the Cycloid Emperor. Although I think they just call him a cycloid instead of the emperor in uh, Duke Forever. Um, but yeah, it's like you're on the football field, you're using the Devastator. Uh, it's pretty fun. It, like, it shows you, you know, how the game's going to be a little bit different while still doing throwbacks to the original yeah. game. And I thought that was really cool. And it even ends on you like ripping out his eye and kicking a field goal with it, just like the original release of Duke Nukem 3D ended. And like I thought that was really sick and cool. And I was like, hey, this game is 
trying to give me, a very new fan of this series, fan service. And I appreciate that. And, you know, I had a little chuckle with the reveal after that. But then the more gameplay I got into, the more I just could not get over how much this game was being shitty Halo. The regenerating health, the uh, two-weapon limit, both of those were just absolutely killing me. And when you play the game, he's over there making shit talk jokes about, like, you know, Halo sucks, Gears of War sucks. And it's like, dude, you're you're the same game now, though. You aren't... Yeah, power armor for pussies. Duke 1, Gear 0. Like... You're, you're the same game that you're, you're ducking behind cover moving up like really slow because you don't have the speed you used to have and oh it's just it, it really like and the worst part about it was it wasn't even very bad bad halo like it was just bad halo but it wasn't terrible bad halo it was perfectly serviceable combat for the most part but it was just it, it just wasn't Duke, you know? It was like someone got a, inside of a Duke skin suit and put a freaking Halo game in it. It's been 15 it. years. I had a knee replacement. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that's probably the it's best just- justification for him moving slow that I've heard. <laughs> Duke's older he's now. Older. <laughs> no, he's running fast. Doom guy's in a but power He can bench suit. press 600 pounds, and it game takes every opportunity to remind you of that in the copious number of loading screens. Oh yeah, I cannot get over how much the loading screens and the quips repeated I think themselves. I and in fact, that's there, there was one I kept wanting to talk about because there were, he, you know, Duke always loved to quote action movies, and he started adding some more to his repertoire. Good for him. I was proud of him. He's expanded his horizons. He's seen RoboCop and Starship Troopers now, and then he quotes them wrong. He says, "I'd buy this for a dollar." It was, "I'd buy that for a dollar." That line's not that hard. It's four words. Oh. <laughs> Okay, it's six words, but, you know, Duke Nukem can't count either. This game made me stupider. <laughs> uh, and then, like, he, he, like, 30 times, I swear, when I played this game, he would uh, say, I'm from Las Vegas, and I say, kill them all. It was Buenos Aires in the movie. Why did you have to change it? No one cares that you're from Las Vegas. Were you even from Las Vegas before? Because the first uh, Duke Nukem 3D took place in Hollywood. I, I think that's where well, the, the Duke Casino's in Vegas. Yeah, the Duke Tower Casino thing. I think it's supposed to be like but a you can't Trump tell power. it because of the Vaseline and the fact that the skylines that they show is all at daytime, which is the most boring time to look at Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not Las Vegas. Yeah, and I remember uh, at least the games that I played of Duke Nukem on the PlayStation, like they were well lit, but it was nighttime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of really cool neon lighting, and it looked really cool. Like, that's, like you remember when you like brought down the one big sign and just said, Duke Nukem must die? Like, that, that shit was, like, so cool. And you could just make it go back up or go back down. Or you could, like, start, you know, a movie theater over it or stop it. You know, just because, like, there was just so much shit to fiddle with in Duke Nukem 3D. It's like they wanted to make a sense of a real space. And Duke Nukem 4 feels so fucking video gamey at all yeah. times. Every time you look at the environment, you're like... Am I going to be able to walk on that, or is it going to be invisible fences? And 99% of the time, it's invisible I think fences. tonight, I might, if I'm not super tired after we're done recording, because I'm going to definitely edit this tomorrow, I might check out uh, Duke Nukem Time to Kill, <clears throat> which was one of the ones that I had on PlayStation, because mm. it was the, the third-person game. Yeah. Because the only thing I remember from that is that I loved the design of the, the pig cops, which, let's talk about that in a second, but, uh, so put a pin in that. But, also... It was one of the first times that I heard something in a video game that I was worried about my parents hearing. And it was like, <laughs> I went up to a phone, because you're, like, you're in like a subway area, and you go up to a payphone, and you can interact with it. 
and Duke picks it up and the number rings and this girl just starts moaning and Duke goes, Sarah, is that you? And then she just moans more and then he hangs up the phone and I'm like, oh God, my parents are going to think I'm in here watching dirty movies. <laughs> I think they reused that joke for Manhattan Project too because I, I seem to remember it also had like the phone. I feel like it's messages. a running joke or something in the Duke series because I checked every phone in this game and it didn't have it and was disappointed. Most of the phones in this game just give busy tones, and so do uh, the 3D ones. Uh, okay, so it might have just been something they did in the midterms. Um, but I did find, like, there was a phone in this one, that in Duke 4, that had, um, like, a prank call from someone pretending to be General Graves, and then he reveals halfway through that he's just fucking with you. <laughs> I think there's, like, 14 hidden voicemails that you can get, and the only thing you get for it's an achievement for having listened to all 14 wow. voicemails. I hope I'm not giving away too much of the game when I say I do not intend to play this game for 100% platinum no, achievements. I, I do have uh, some of the, the loading screens that I thought were funny enough or dumb enough that I took a screenshot. I also realized I took a screenshot of a lot of titties in this game. I mean, there, there were, were, a, there few. were a, good, a good number of sets of titties. Um, so my first one was Duke Nukem Pick can bench press 600 pounds. <laughs> like Nate said, that one seemed to come up all the time yeah, for some well, reason. I think Dane said that, but either way, yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, Grabbing a turd it. in the toilet will not take ego away, even though we really wanted it to. That was a like good one. one. Take less damage to avoid being killed. That one felt like a joke that could have been in like Far Cry, Far Cry Brawl yeah, Dragon, you absolutely. know? Uh, you can slap our wall boobs, since most girls don't like it when you slap theirs. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> did you not, did you not, not find the wall boobs? Not. They were there all like over a, the hive. Oh. Yeah, and I think it was a level after the hive where I actually got the uh, thing for it. But there's like three like just like bulbous shapes on the wall. You can just bang, 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 and you get a little ego boost for it. It's tremendous. Uh, and then the other one was uh, don't don't forget to run away from explosions, especially your own. And then the other screenshots I took were like I think when you were in that first area where you were walking around, and it was like the Hall of Duke. And it was like screenshots from all the old games. So like the original Duke Nukem, like the PC game back in the day uh, and pictures like that. And I was just like, man, that's cool. And then there's some screenshots from Duke Nukem 3D. And I was like, man, that's a really cool, interesting area. This is all stuff within the first hour of this game. I would say the first hour or two of this game, if there was a shareware version of this, it would be fantastic. <laughs> because let's just throw this out on Front Street. In my opinion, at least this game way overstays its welcome. And you, everyone listening to this is probably like, oh, mister, I love 100-hour RPGs. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, listen, okay, I would have I would have been really satisfied if around chapter 13 or so, I beat the final boss and this was over. And then say if there was the DLC that was another 12 levels or so, I would go and play that and I probably would have had a, a blast with it. This game is like an overcooked egg. Like, you go into it, you're like, oh, it's going to be delicious. And then it's, you, you start biting into it, and it's rubbery. It stinks. Like you can only stomach a little bit of it at a time, and you just you just can't finish it. It's dry. It smells like farts. Yeah. It's a three-hour game and a ten-hour package. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I feel like if this would have been, yeah, yeah, three out of, uh, three to four hours, like I'd have been yeah. happy. It's just there's so much fucking filler in this game. That's what really killed yeah. me. It is constantly like, okay, remember how you were kind of having fun shooting at dudes and making their heads pop and blowing them up and punching them and stuff? Here's 15 minutes of miniaturized platforming puzzles. Yes. And, then, and then it's like, hey, man, now, you can, now you're done with that. Now you can run around and you can shoot. Oh, wait a minute. Here, 
drive a monster truck for 20 minutes and then run out of gas. So this next episode, this next whole mm-hmm. next level is two or three parts of you wandering around trying to find a gas can. And then you find the gas can and then you go and you put gas in the truck. And guess what? That truck's going to run out of gas again because Duke takes all of a second and a half to put a little spritz of gas in there to get him to the next location for him to run the fuck out of gas. I get it. That was just a time saver. If they just if they just spent more time with him just sitting there pouring that whole gas can in there, people would have been like, "What the fuck?" But at the same time, did the truck need to run out of gas as often as it did? Three times. It runs out of gas yeah. three times, and the second time, there's more than one gas can there. But apparently, it's a yeah. six hundred pound gas tank. <laughs> he can only <laughs> so Duke can only carry one of them back to the truck. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, because I'm like, dude, there's a whole bunch of them. Carry four. Throw three in the back, tie them to the fucking truck. Like I own a truck, I know how this shit goes. Like you could, and you even have a monster truck. Fucking attach them to the undercarriage. Who gives a shit? Oh, I guess if they could get shot and blow up there, don't do that. But <laughs> well, here's the thing. For just for giggles, the second time I had to fill up that gas tank, I crouched down to get a look underneath, and all it is is a nozzle that goes from either side to the middle, and then there's a line that goes up to the motor. So. He doesn't even have a gas tank under there. You're filling up the motor. <laughs> Just putting it directed, huh? But straight vein. Like it, I, I pick on the mighty foot segment, which that was the name of his. Because it truck. was fucking awful. But that was actually where Stockholm started setting in. Because between the crappy driving segments, that was where I was actually having fun with the running gun, like the ghost town level. Yeah, that was genuine, like a big open area. The enemies had good scripting. I wasn't dealing with stupid AI. I liked the kind of Western themed music that was playing. I liked like the motel and the post office and the saloon and all that. I like when you like would shoot a dude off the second floor and it looked like he was going to get rail killed, although he didn't because they didn't script it right. My thing with that here and hear me out. Willie, you talked about how in Duke Nukem 3D, you got to the end of a level and you hit a button. And that was the end of the level. Mm-hmm. Had that happened at the at the end of the last level and it skipped all of the monster truck shit and you hit that button and then it gives you just like a little paragraph explaining how Duke got to the next place. And then you start off and you're in the Western yeah. place and then you're immediately into that running gun would have been far better. When I said that this game was full of filler, the two main things I was thinking about was all the platforming you have to do when you're miniaturized and the fucking Mighty Foot section. And it really kills me that they call it the Mighty Foot because the Mighty Foot was Duke's attack in Duke Nukem 3D is like always on melee attack where you could kick someone in the middle of combat. And it was really fun and cool. And then they used it for this monster truck that's just, it's not fun and it's finicky and there's a whole bunch of jumps that if you fail it there's no consequence you just have to go up and do it again i also hated the rc part i know you you found it to be a little more charming i thought it was charming yeah but i thought it was charming for i don't know not that long (laughs) and then i was just like oh this is tedious I think, unfortunately, that is kind of the direction the game would go in, is eventually you just, you're constantly getting sick of the shit it's putting you through and just wanting it to do something else. Well, like, on the vehicle stuff, like, I, I, all the vehicles handled terrible except for one. The forklift was the best vehicle in the entire game because it's moving slow enough that you can actually steer the stupid thing. (laughs) You have enough room to actually aim. And at least it makes sense to kill a pig cop with the forks on a forklift than ramming into the foot of a pig cop with an RC car and then they topple over like you just ran them over with a truck. 
Did either of y'all have that happen? For some, <laughs> no, every time I've run into a pickup with a miniature RC car, they would just hop on one foot for a second. I actually had a couple of them die. Maybe it was a glitch, and they just said, oh, anything lucky. that hit, gets hit by a vehicle, obviously this has to kill it, and it's a physics quirk. But I had a lot of weird Wait, hold animal on. crashes. Is this like a difficulty level thing? Uh, I played it on like the medium. I, play, I know I've said I, I played Duke medium. 3D on easy, but I played this on the medium. Okay, so it's not that. I played on hmm. easy. That's weird. I was like, eh, yeah. I know yeah. you would. You know me, the Dalton way. <laughs> well, no, I mean, there, just, there was no point. You weren't going to be like, oh, man, this game has great combat now. Uh, so <clears throat> the pin, I'm going to pull the pin out. The pig cops in this game. Hmm. Now, in the... In my Duke, I'll call it my Duke, the time to kill game. Um, they were in full police uniforms. They just looked like pig-esque yes. humanoids. They, like, they were big, fat guys with pig heads. Yes. This game, they looked more like mutant boar. Mm. And I get that it's aliens and everything like that. But like at the same time, there was almost there was little to no uh, visual representation of them being cops. Which I always thought that yeah. was the joke. The fucking cops are pigs. Yeah. Like, that was a big joke in Duke Nukem. And it's an easy joke, but it's, it's, uh, it, it lands. You know, you get it immediately. Yeah, exactly. And it, it bummed me out, like, that they went uh, more serious with the design, it felt like. They wanted to make them more menacing looking instead of, like, comical. And I think that's a, that's a big thing in yeah, this whole I, game. Yeah, because I feel like some of the the other monster redesigns, I thought they did a good job with. Like, I did think the general like lizard troopers tended to look pretty cool. Uh, I I would say I liked what they did with the octobrains, but they made them the most annoying enemy to fight ever because they made them to where they can like reject any explosives you throw or shoot at them. Yeah, and oh, go ahead, Dan. Yeah, because yeah, wouldn't like in the Duke 3D, like the RPGs a one hit kill on the octobrains, and then in this one, mm. it's like. Nope, sucker. Throwing it back at you, and now it's a one-hit kill against you unless you can dodge the thing. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I, I kind of liked the Octobrain's threat level in Duke 3D, because I feel like they were, like, if they got you with their shots, they were going to do a lot of damage, but they weren't very... They, like, telegraphed it a lot. They were pretty easy to avoid. So they were kind of like the equivalent of, like, Hell Knights are Barons from Doom. And in this one, they were more like... For one thing, they tried to lead you with their shots. Like, if you're dodging left and they start shooting, they will shoot it to where you're running to, which I I don't enjoy that. <laughs> I, I guess you can still trick it if you, you know, do some high-level stuff there, but it, it just isn't fun to fight. Well, I didn't actually pay enough attention with the regular Octobrains, but I did notice something, and this is much later in the game, when you fight the, I think, the Octo King. Octo King. Yeah. Whenever it does its telegraphing that it's getting ready to shoot a shot. If you move before you actually see that shot appear, mm -hmm. that's when the the moment that that shot appears is when it has decided where it's aiming at. So if you move, start dodging it before you start seeing that particle effect appear on screen, it's going to hit you. And that got me killed mm -hmm. more times in the entire game than anything. Was just I struggled with the Octa King boss fight a lot too, actually. Um, but mainly, I did the exact opposite thing, which is because okay, really stupid mechanic in this game. So in Duke 3D, the Devastator and the RPG are the best weapons to use against bosses. They do the most damage, the most DPS. In this game, the only thing that hurts bosses is explosives or mounted turrets. So you can't just 
chain gun cannon them to death or whatever. You have to use explosives. And so you have a guy that is like the biggest octobrain right next to octobrains, but you have to shoot the rockets at the octobrain and or the octoking, and you can't shoot the rockets at the little guys. Like it's just pointlessly confounding. It's like just it's just like a fuck you. And the devastator, that's what it's called, right? Yeah. Yeah, the devastator result. Which has sixty nine shots, yeah. by the way. I do want to mention that. I did actually really because that's also the first weapon you really get a hold of in the game during the uh, the cyclade battle at the football field. And yeah, every time you reload, you're back to sixty nine shots. And that that did give me a little chuckle. The game is funny sometimes. I won't. I won't so, lie. Here's another issue that I had with it, and I hate that we're being so negative. But that look at what we played. Um, yeah. My my humble opinion is the enemies in this game are fucking bullet sponges, and I know that. Because I'm a cheating bastard. And I was playing this game with infinite ammo. With a Devastator. As soon as I got that thing, that was the only gun I fucking used for the rest of the game. The amount of rockets that it took to kill normal enemies was baffling to me. And there were bosses that the fights lasted forever. And I was literally standing in one place just loading them with rockets. And their health was going down so little. The phrase bullet sponge immediately came out during the alien queen fight. That's the only thing I could think during that one. Dude, straight up. Like, they just eat that shit. And it's like, dude, I'm on easy. How would this be on harder difficulties? Jesus. I mean, the thing about the Devastator, too, is it shoots a lot of projectiles. So each individual rocket isn't going to be like a Doom rocket launcher or an RPG or a grenade or whatever. But still, I still do feel like the Devastator lacked kind of the punch it's promised which sucks because the devastator is kind of the duke nukem equivalent of the BFG it's called the devastator yeah. yeah it's just like in in ratchet yeah. and clank you have the rhino which stands for the ripia new one gun like and that yeah. gun is powerful as fuck and then you get into duke nukem and you have the devastator and like i said i had infinite ammo and i'm like having to throw hundreds of rockets at things to make them die I'm like what the fuck is going on so I seldom actually used the Devastator through my playthrough. Like by the time I got to the Hive, uh, that was when I started changing game settings. That's when I got rid of all the post processing Vaseline, and I also that would have been smart. Yeah, I also went in and at there's a little checkbox. I don't know if y'all found it. The uh, expanded inventory option. I saw that in a loading screen like 30 minutes before we started recording, and I cannot tell you how pissed off yeah. that made me. It removes the two-gun What? and opens it up to four. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Welcome back. God, Nate. that sucks, because I was so annoyed with the fact that I had to have one shitty gun and one decent gun at all times. It's like, because like, and I'd pick up a new gun every once in a while and be like, I'm, I want to try this one out, see if this is any good. I remember there was this one specific one I picked up. It was like the captain version of the little blue gun, and it was almost like he had to yeah. charge it in order to shoot it. It was like, I've already gone so far from the last gun I had. I just got to play the game with this piece of shit now for a little bit. Oh, I wicked hated that gun. That was my least favorite. Because it just, you, like you said, it takes forever to get it spun up to fire. I, uh, and then it also auto-redirects to like the closest enemy, not necessarily the one that you're aiming at. Which Yeah, a lot of the enemy guns do that. The Enforcer's gun also does that. And takes forever to get, like the Enforcer gun is another explosive gun, but it just takes two years for the rockets to actually hit the enemy. Because they'll just circle around lazily yeah. and have a good old time. But once I activated the expanded equipment, I now had four guns at all times. So I always had a shotgun and an RPG. 
Yeah, and that, that I seems did good. Every single boss fight, with the exception of the Octo King, where I actually used the Devastator, I did every other boss fight with the RPG. The RPG was good. I, uh, all the way. Up I, you know to what the other pilots. game I can always have a shotgun in an RPG in? <laughs> Duke Nukem 3D. Exactly. Dude, I don't have to mess I, with the settings. I played this game. Ninety percent of the time, I had a shotgun in the Devastator. So yeah, I feel you. Fuck all the alien rifles. You're not Halo. <laughs> yeah. God. True. And their assault rifle, the Ripper. Mm-hmm. Just. Also, I thought it was weird that it was called the Ripper because that was called the chain gun cannon in Duke 3D. Why did they? I didn't mind the, the Ripper. Uh, that's one that I used a lot. The only thing that sucked about it is it took a lot yeah. of ammo to kill anything. So like you'd have it for a little bit and then you'd run out of ammo. We were. I must ask you guys if you no. noticed that headshots exist in this game. Because it doesn't look like it. You don't, get, you don't get any feedback for it, but it does do a lot more damage if you headshot them. And I only learned that because I got a Chivo for killing things by <laughs> headshot by accident. And only at that point <laughs> on did I start doing headshots on purpose. And yeah, it does a lot more damage, even with shit that doesn't make sense, like the freeze ray. Nate, we before you, right before you came back, that's what we were talking about, is that enemies are such bullet sponges. Especially the bosses. The bosses will eat some fucking... Yeah, I, and I didn't mind that. I only fought one real boss in the game, which was the pit champion, the battle lord in Las Vegas. And I didn't mind that boss fight. I thought it was fine because it gave you unlimited refills if you went back to that crate to keep getting more rockets. So I didn't mind that boss fight at all. Yeah. It didn't feel too spongy. But I will agree, Like especially like the the rundown enemies, the pigs that come after you. Like Those guys were huge bullet sponges. Um, but I want to say that I did like some of the guns. Like I really did like the rocket launcher RPG in this game. I thought it was a lot of fun to use. And that's probably why I didn't mind the boss fight. (laughs) Yeah. I think I really wish the devastator would have been better for boss fights, but I'm starting to think the RPG was the weapon to use in boss fights. You have to reload it more often because Mm -hmm. it's only got the five shots, but Mm -hmm. you're doing way more damage per shot. And all the boss fights are next to an ammo crate. So you can just keep on loading it. Yeah. Which begs the question of why do you have limited ammo for it to begin with? Yeah, it's one of those things where it's game mechanic-y just to be game mechanic-y. And that's, that's also why it really pissed me off that they did stuff like remove like the end scene where you see your like kill percent and secrets oh, yeah. found versus lost or whatever. Because it's like, why don't we have these video games? You're like, oh, I'm not a video game. I'm a 2011 <laughs> video game. I have two guns and reloading it. Like, no, dude, just give us an end screen and let us hit a nuke and, button. That's much more fun. And the fucking devastator devastating. <laughs> Yeah, like, because I'll tell you what, by blowing up a battle lord with the Devastator. And but you know what? One thing I really do like in this game because it makes me—it's a very Nate thing. So, just I'm sure. plopping down a, a bottle of steroids and going berserker mode on the enemies. Like, it reminded me of when we were playing Borderlands together. Like, I love that power up. I'm pretty sure I was that literally going to say intended gameplay with that power nice. up a couple times. I think um, in the level where the full-size aliens come out of the storeroom and you're Tiny Duke, I think the intended mm-hmm. thing is you're supposed to lead them to a shrinker to bring them down to your size. But I just pop steroids <laughs> and push them to death on the ankles. And see, <laughs> I was using sheets, and I had, I think, I'm had i pretty sure I had the Devastator. Or it might have been the shotgun. I just shot them until they died, which was hilarious because it took forever. Yeah. But- 
Uh, the only thing that wasn't so cool about the steroids, though, was if you accidentally popped it before a boss fight, you can't switch <laughs> to a projectile weapon during that time. So you're just running around for 30 minutes where Duke is just really strong. And also, I do kind of miss how the steroids in Duke 3D mm. made you run super fast. Yeah, because I, I actually, one of the parts where I used it was right before that Battle Lord fight in Las Vegas. Because, like, you remember how you went down yeah. into that pit and there just a bunch of dudes just start swinging yes. on everything. And it timed perfectly yes. for me where the steroids ran out right before the Battle Lord jumped down. That's awesome because on mine, it, I still so have used steroids at that point, too. I, like, I want to fight this guy. Yeah, no, it was that was really cool. Like, I th- that fight was so up and down because I really enjoyed the fight once I figured yeah. out that there's an infinite ammo crate there. And I liked the setup before the Battle Lord showed up. But there were like two times in between where I'm like, Running around in circles like, okay, I can't hurt him with the fun weapon. I can just yeah, throw pipe bombs yeah. at him, I guess. And this game did a, had a, I had a problem with the fact that it was like, and we've kind of mentioned this already, but it's like, let's take all of the current tropes and put them in here. Let's put in past tropes and put them in here. Let's just put in all the tropes. We're going to have a fucking troop. A troop of tropes. So, a troop of tropes. And here's, here's the thing. It's like, this game's got the the sewer level. Everyone loves the oh sewer level. Oh my god! Level. This game's the game had a sewer level and a construction level back to back in the same it level. Had the construction level. It had driving. It had first person platforming. It had underwater levels. Four of them, according to Dane, because we all tapped out before that. Well, except you, Willie. But I was in an underwater level when you guys boys. called me. Um, how many times did you lose the section where on um, Lady Killer where you had to pull the lever on the elevator to make it break and stop from crashing? How many times did you do that section? I nailed it in one. Three times. I, I nailed it in one. It took me five tries. I don't know how I did it. I I died three times during that segment. I, I no, did I died five times and I'm still not sure why I succeeded on the fifth attempt. I think the last time I just let it burn up instead of trying to, like, uh, trying to goose it, trying to coast. I just kind of pulled it hard over and over again. I didn't see the bar for that. So, yeah, I just pulled it and full throttled it the whole time. And eventually it stopped and she was like, thank you, dude. Here's my titties or whatever she said. (laughs) Yeah. Did you guys already talk about the RC car section? A little bit, but basically we just said uh, some of us liked it, some of us didn't. I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was charming. I don't think it was great, but I, I thought it was like charming. It was, it was filler, but like... You missed it, but once you drive it was, the forklift, you realize just how terrible all the okay. other cars are. <laughs> the monster truck segment is so filler that it makes the RC mm. segment worse in retrospect. <laughs> uh, I will say, like, the game's humor was hit and miss with me. I literally wrote the words, the humor is extremely hit or miss on my notes, and I wanted to get to that next. The, uh, the hive level where you're walking around and the aliens mm. have taken the chicks and made them into the, the more revealing mutations than they were in 3D. And mm. Duke just, oh, man, why has it always got to be the hot ones? And I'm just like, uh, I mean, I guess the aliens are just going after hot chicks. I mean, what what does an alien constitute as a hot girl was immediately what, what my brain went to. I was way over. <laughs> I know. Duke, Duke is such a prick in that level too because he does eventually run into the wholesome twins like th- that is oh, not the best you did immediately, immediately. okay I, I let it I let it play out oh god I can only imagine and then they just end up blowing up into a bunch of alien 
uh, Pregnator monsters. Uh, man, let me tell you. Speaking of the Pregnator monsters, much more terrifying version of that in Diablo 4 are these enemies that are called spider hosts. And it's these giant spiders that have taken over these big, fat, bloated creatures. And you have to kill them. And then when you kill them, they explode into a bunch of baby spiders that you then have to kill. And it's fucking terrifying. In this game, the Pregnators just annoyed the shit out of me because they were like Timu <laughs> fucking face huggers. With big old swinging ball bags. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're dicks on spider legs. And they've replaced, they've replaced the most annoying enemy of Duke Nukem 3D, which was the little slimes that popped out of the eggs and jumped to the ceiling and the floor over and over again. But they didn't make it any better. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I don't know. Like when it comes down to the humor, I thought like the game was really proud of the stupidest ass jokes in it. Like they were so happy that they came up with the idea of a Las Vegas hotel instead of the Bellagio. It's called the Fellatio. That they put it on the loading screen for that level, and it's this like hotel sucks. And then you, and then you get to like the fight with the Battle Lord, and you like rapidly punch it in the ball sack and it makes speed bag noises and that's actually amusing (laughs) that was satisfying it's like yeah it really was did we all get the uh the achievement for picking up the turret no of course I didn't pick up a turret you didn't no where was it uh it's right in the very beginning in the other toilet whenever at the very beginning of the game when you're hissing in the urinal you can turn around open a stall and pick up a hot stupid Uh, they missed a prime opportunity and the whole time he's like oh why am I doing this uh, oh. this is disgusting why am I doing this yeah. so that's making me laugh that I didn't experience it <laughs> like, it, was, it was pretty good dude and they missed a prime opportunity to do an Austin Powers reference when you were pissing in the urinal in the beginning like mm-hmm. because I did it myself where I was pissing with him and then I let off of it and I was like evacuation come <laughs> evacuation come well, here's the thing this game took so long to release the Austin Powers was old by the time this game came out or so were Which most makes of them more surprising the reference yeah fair enough because they have a Leroy Jenkins joke and that was a tired meme by the time that this yeah. game came out I did not catch the Leroy Jenkins joke when you hiccup with Dylan who oh Dylan but he sends you up. He's like with Private Jenkins. Like, try not to get him killed, yeah. Duke. Oh, and you that's go up, right. And the very first thing that happens is Jenkins gets killed, and then Duke goes, "Damn it, Leroy!" I did not catch that. Although I immediately was like, "This guy's named Private Jenkins." This dude just told me, "Just whatever you do, don't let him fucking die." And I'm like, "This dude's not making it through the next scene. I, this dude's not making it through." He the barely next made it seconds. up the steps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> level where you're on the bridge. And you're you're having to go and clear it out. And this was the enemy. This was the boss that really struck me as a bullet sponge. Um, but you get to the very end, and there's this one like EDF guy standing there, and he's like, "All right, looks like it's clear, Duke." And I'm like, "He is about to." And then right then, this thing just comes flying out yeah. of nowhere, smush. Yeah. And I was like, "Yep." I knew he was about to die. And then that big fucking enemy comes up on it. Looks like Godzilla. <laughs> comes up on the thing with the giant gun and that's the one that I said I literally stood in one place and just unloaded on him with the uh, anti-devastation gun I can't remember if that was a second battle yeah, lord or if that was an overlord okay yeah because they, they talked about him on the radio a little bit before then like they mentioned there's like a battle lord on motherfuckers the a wish cyber demon uh, yeah uh, 
also want to talk about the weapons a little bit because we did a little. I just want to say I almost liked the shotgun, but man, I hated that it was a real-time reload seven-shell shotgun yeah. if you actually were in the middle the of the The reloads were a pain in the ass. Definitely. I, that's one of the reasons I really preferred weapons like the Ripper that had like a clip that was just the size of the ammo box you had. At least with the shotgun, he could get a couple of rounds in and you could interrupt the reload to go ahead and get a yeah. couple of shots off instead of having to wait for the full clip. That was at it, least the positive trade-off of the long reload time. And you can preemptively reload, too. Like, if you notice you're down two shells and you have a moment to duck behind a car or something. But I feel like ducking behind cover, this isn't Gears of War, this is Duke Nukem. He should be out there putting his boot in asses. But he's got a bad knee now. We established this. Yes. This might be more of a reference for Nate and Willie, and Jeff's going to love it, but... Do you remember when Vince McMahon came out and he was like, we're not pro wrestling, we're sports entertainment. <laughs> but really, they were still fucking wrestling. They were just changing. They are just changing yeah. how they called it. I feel like this game wanted to be sports entertainment and forgot that it's wrestling. And in that, in that sense, I mean that like this game and Duke Nukem is at its core a boomer shooter. Yeah. And this game tries to be anything but a boomer shooter. And... I don't know, man. Oh, God, I got to go back to the restroom. I just really think that it should have uh, <clears throat> just not tried to cram so much into it, not try to be so much like these other games that were coming out around then. Yeah. Again, the Halo reference the, and the Call of Duties and things like that. Like, I think that it tried to be overly ambitious, which was a very odd choice for a Duke Nukem game. Yeah. Um, the thing that kept jumping out at me, it was even less that, I could almost accept that they did the trend chasing, but I think that they mishandled the tone with the beginning of the game because they really like compared to the new doom games, like the the new doom games, they take doom guys seriously. They take him very serious. And when like in doom eternal, you encounter NPCs as the doom slayer, they are not happy to see you. They are terrified of you. They know that you are just this, you are testosterone incarnate, you are destruction, you're going to F shit up. Whenever Duke shows up, I mean, they're all tripping over themselves trying to suck his dick. Yeah. And in Duke's head, that makes perfect sense. But in a world that's supposed to be taking him serious, like he is not going to, the only way that the wholesome twins would be servicing him while he's playing a video game is if he paid them first. Yeah. I think that they mishandled the way that the world interprets Duke. If because we all know a guy kind of like that, yeah, Dalton. Like we all know the guy who thinks that he's hot shit, and we keep him around because he's hot. Dalton. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, you can't even throw it at Jeremy. It's got to be me. I do. I insult people to their faces, Dalton. Yeah, it, it, it's he's not talking about you behind your back, but uh, he's only got half a tank of gas in his car. <laughs> Continue. I think that they should have been with the base game a little bit more deprecating with the humor. Like Duke did save the world in 3D. All right, so he's definitely famous, and he has definitely had some kind of like monetary gain from that. So I can even get behind leave the Duke Duke Hotel and all of the fame he has but the people who interact with him should be like oh this fucking guy yeah 
Yeah, like, oh, God. This yeah, because he's a total, I he's do. A total asshole. How, like, you really wouldn't want to be his friend. Yeah, he's like stiff work. Yeah. He's the guy you have around because he's really good at killing aliens, but you really don't want to have to be around him. And I talked with Willie about this um, in a DM. I think that if they had done an R-rated version of a separate character with how the world treated him, that this game would have hit different and would have been remembered differently. And what I'm going to propose is Duke is essentially R-rated Johnny Bravo. Yeah, 100%. And if the world had treated him like R-rated Johnny Bravo instead of the world's savior, let's all get on our knees before the king, if they had had that kind of attitude towards him, and I know, Willie, you, uh, you had told me you thought, you know, Johnny's a lovable, a lovable himbo who means well at the end of the day, and Duke is Duke. <laughs> I think if they had more of that kind of dynamic, it would have been funnier. The humor would have hit better than just yeah. everybody worships yeah. at the throne of Duke. And Yeah, because here's my thing. The original Duke Nukem game, like the one way back in the day, he literally started fighting the aliens because they came down and interrupted him watching Oakland. <laughs> Or like you know, he was watching yeah. daytime TV talk show, and I'm pretty sure they spe- specified it was Oprah or something. And the, and it, the aliens interrupted that. Yeah. yeah, and he got mad, went out, and started killing aliens. That guy, everyone's gonna suck that dude's dick. No, no, they're not. Not for free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, and and then like, it, I had a second point. I don't forgot it. I mean, I will say that Duke Nukem living in Las Vegas makes total sense. Like, there's very few places where I feel like a guy like Duke Nukem could exist. One of those places is definitely Las Vegas. Another could be Florida. You know what I mean? It's like there's only certain places human beings like that are allowed to exist. Yeah. And so, Duke Nukem, the Miami <laughs> project. The, the thing about your saying is that, like, it would make more sense that people were self depreciating. Because in my in my mind, that picture of him where he's hitting the cigar and he's got the two girls and he's like, hail to the king, baby. That's why I like the entire city of Las Vegas is on fire behind him because of the chaos that he caused. So, like, people should treat him as such. Like, yeah, he's good at killing aliens, but he's going to destroy the whole city. People are going to be without homes. Like, they should have a bit of disgust for him. It's kind of like if everybody tried to suck Godzilla's dick. They're like, hey... Hey, thanks for coming back to see it. You caused a lot of damage, but damn, you look cool. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. So I agree completely. Yeah. And like, just a quick mention on the DLC. It handles a lot of things better. I have been told that it even actually kind of explains like Duke's weird flippant response to the uh, Wholesome Twins' demise. I haven't hit that part on it, but okay. um, the humor actually lands. Because there is a little bit more of that self-deprecating thing. Um, Dr. Proton is not an idiot like every other NPC in this game. Everybody else you encounter (laughs) is dumber than Duke. And Duke's a brick. (laughs) I mean, again, it's Las Vegas. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of dumb, though, I've got to say the employee that's stuck in the electricity in the Duke Burger might be the dumbest out of all of them. I don't know. There's a pretty dumb one in the DLC. <laughs> Dude, because like, here's the thing about the Las Vegas thing with Duke and why it makes so much sense to me. There's a show that I used to watch a lot um, called Ghost Adventures. Um, and I don't know if you guys ever watched the show. The main guy on it's name is Zach Bagans. And he 
is the most Las Vegas person in the world. And like, I just see so much of that into Canucle too. I think it's a Las Vegas personality trait from what I've seen of other famous people from Las Vegas. I like that. That is very amusing. I feel like a I'm lot of those uh, show to get the reference. Those pawn shows take place in Las Vegas too, so I totally get yeah. Like Pawn Stars, the biggest one with Rick and Chum Lee and all of them. That's all in Vegas too. <laughs> like these are Vegas people, and I can see Duke fitting right into Vegas. <laughs> you know who I feel like would have a game where everyone sucks their dick and they just think that they're the world's fucking savior? Chris Angel. I oh love my God. Death. Like I think he's a good oh, yeah. magician, but. Dude, you want to talk about ego? Oh. That oh, he guy, thinks very like, highly even of when himself. I used to watch, yes. When I used to watch Mind Freak, I was like, man, this dude sucks his own nipples. And again, like, I don't know if he's from there, but goddamn, you know, every magician has spent a lot of time in Vegas. In Vegas. <laughs> I like to imagine just every time he turns his back, Penn and Teller over there making little jerky <laughs> offy hands. Yeah, Why didn't they make an appearance in this game? That would have been amazing. <laughs> Dude, yeah, them just... That's true. Why does everybody love you? You know, Teller, we should make an episode of bullshit about why people love Duke Nukem, because that's bullshit. Then again, given this game's tendency for references, I'm more surprised it doesn't have a Siegfried and Roy Tiger mauling joke. Had that happened yet? Uh, I don't know. This game came, like, this game took 400 years to make. Yeah, yeah. I'm old enough that I don't know where the mauling happened at in history anymore. I don't know if it's before, pre, or post Duke Nukem Forever. Uh, you, you know how we used to say BC and AD? Now it's before and after Duke Nukem Forever. October 3rd, 2003. Yeah, I thought it was a long time ago. Huh. As further back than I thought. Me too. I'm still in high school. Shit. Let's tear this pussy up like Freud. Wait, scratch that. Reverse that. <laughs> Um. So, Freud it up like scratch. Can can Dane and I comment on the ending? Does anybody care about spoiling the ending for Duke Nukem Forever? Oh, if anyone here cares about the plot to Duke Nukem Forever, they are a very different kind of case. Okay. Uh, oh, the way this ends is such a dumpster fire. I I only watched I watched it on YouTube after Dane had mentioned to me. He's like, "Oh, so you didn't even see that shit ending? Well, now let me go. Let me go at least see it." Um, so you kill the final enemy. Um, its eye falls out of its socket like the one in the, uh, the beginning of the game. You walk up and you piss into its eye socket. And then yeah. a helicopter shows up. And this guy reaches down and he's like, the president's dead, but his orders are still in line, Duke. Come on, we got to get out of here. So Duke walks over and jumps up, grabs this dude by the arm. So he's holding on to you. You guys start flying off. There's a nuke incoming. The nuke goes off. The mushroom cloud starts expanding. It hits to where you guys are at. The helicopter goes into a spiral spin, and it falls, and it says, uh, Duke Nukem, K-I-A. And what? Duke comes on and goes, what kind of shit ending is that? I'm not dead. And then it cuts to Duke Nukem running for president, and that's the end what of the, the fucking hell? Like, that, what? Well, how do you get from A to B? Yeah, how the fuck, did, what the fuck happened? <laughs> Now, granted, the presidency is open because what he missed was when the Cycloid Emperor shows up for the final battle, he kills the president, which is really satisfying. That's surprising. Not before the president calls in the nuke strike. 
this is where the DLC actually comes in. It's very clear that they were hit the point where they were like, well, we've put it off too many times. We got to put the game up. So they chopped the last third of the game off, added the padding to get the runtime, and they ended it at the nuke. Because the DLC picks up with Duke imprisoned in Area 51, which is now being run by Dr. Proton, who is doing a giant clone army of robots that look like Duke Nukem. Okay. If you watch the old, like, 2001 Duke trailer, there's Terminator things in that, and everyone's like, what the hell is going on? Are we fighting Terminators in Duke forever? This is where the Terminator actually comes in. You play through that segment. I I know how it ends. I haven't actually played through it all yet. You go through, get out of Area 51, go to the moon, you defeat the alien empress, and that's going to be the big ending. And after that would be the point where Duke comes back and runs for president. Oh, wow. So they cut, in a game where the story is so damn ridiculous, they cut the actual chunk out of it that would connect between the nuclear strike and he runs for president. <laughs> But they left in the run for Prez, which is the most yeah. mind-boggling thing. If they just left it like, I'm not dead, and then boom, like a tease for a sequel, that might have hit a little better. Yeah, let people know there's more coming as a DLC, because the DLC ships six months later, and the DLC is the most polished piece of this turret. <laughs> and when you play through the DLC and you see what the polished turret is like, you're like, hey, this isn't that bad. Because like I said, they, they pace the gimmicks better. They don't overstay their welcome. The humor lands. You meet a woman as Duke Nukem who doesn't instantly what? want to bang you. <laughs> Impossible. At first she thinks you're one of the clones and then she's like, oh, you're the real Duke? And then she slowly comes around but she still tries to at least hide it instead of just throwing it at you. Well, that's good to hear. At least there was one woman represented nicely. <laughs> Although, uh, at least in the older games, I don't know about in forever, uh, you're punished for killing women because if you accidentally kill a woman it will spawn in more enemies so it's got that going for it um so <laughs> anything else do you guys want to touch on before we get into ratings and the questions uh i think yeah, i found everything on my notes all right yeah uh did i say that the duke burger mm. level is the most annoying thing in the world is that the one where you shrink oh if you didn't I, then i still second yeah. it uh, I also just wanted to quickly point out, I liked when you jumped off the Hoover Dam and it's like you're doing the uh, bungee jump scene from uh, GoldenEye. Yeah, That's that pretty was, cool. I did enjoy that. And I genuinely did enjoy how the boss fights are all like references to the Duke 3D boss fights. So they knew they had a good thing and they didn't overdo it. And the new bosses like the Octa King make sense even if I really didn't enjoy the Octa King fight. It at least felt like it belonged there. Um, so the, <clears throat> the only other thing that I have is I'm curious. What's everyone's favorite Duke quote? That's actually a question from the fan questions. Oh, well, then we will save that. We will save that. Then, gentlemen, uh, ratings. Uh, let's, let our, let's let our esteemed guest go first. So I've been going back and forth. I actually have a number wrote down on my notes, and I'm still questioning it. If I'm going base game alone, just all by itself... It goes lower, but when you add in the DLC, it brings it up, but you're still down because that base game's so damn padded. So I think I think with DLC, it raises about a point and a half for me. So I'm going to end it with uh, six and a half wall tits. 
out of uh, inappropriate treatment of women's. <laughs> it's a there 10 point go. scale. All right. Uh, I think I would give this like just I did not hate this as much as I expected to. I, despite all of the hate I've given it throughout this episode, I did have more fun than I went in expecting to have with this. Uh, that being said, uh, it had a lot of flaws. We've played a lot of better first-person shooters, and uh, I'm trying to be more honest with my rating. Yeah. So I'm going to give this four and a half nukes out of ten dukes. Okay. And that's with, in retrospect, giving Outlast 2, like, a 2. <laughs> just say that. Uh, Willie. I really wanted to do the joke and say that I give this Duke 4 <laughs> out of 10 ever. <laughs> but, unfortunately, it wasn't, like, I knew this game was going to suck. But it didn't suck as badly or overtly as I wanted. It was just thoroughly boring and medium the whole way through. It was flawed. It was annoying. It wasn't a completely broken piece of garbage. It just wasn't very good. And I think I have to condemn it to the ultimate dumpster fire and give it five shrinkers out of ten expanders. Ah, We're going low, boys. (laughs) So... Well, see the thing, that is fair. <laughs> see, I was at the same place without the DLC. The DLC was what yeah. made me as nice to it as yeah. I was. See, I think I benefited in the fact that I stopped when I was like, "Yeah, I've had enough of this. Like, I get it. I get it." So, like, I don't feel as mad at it as some of you might. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to deal with all the filler and shit because it really. Yeah, gets and I can definitely see that. Game, but especially. my main take on it is like. The game I want to compare this most to is Far Cry Blood Dragon, which the interesting thing is I thought that the gameplay in this game and the level design was way better than Far Cry Blood Dragon. But the writing and the humor falls well beneath Far Cry Blood Dragon, which I think is super fucked up. I feel like it should have been the other way around. (laughs) But... 100%. 100%. But yeah, it's like I laughed way more during Blood Dragon and liked playing the game less than I did Duke Nukem because I didn't laugh much playing Duke Nukem, but I like the gameplay more. <laughs> it's it's funny that you brought up Blood Dragon real quickly because I felt like the main character in Blood Dragon, like even when we were doing that episode, when I talked like as the character reading stuff, I did a Duke yeah. Nukem voice because it's like that character reminded me so much of Duke Nukem. He had a very Duke Nukem yeah. uh, timing. But he was funnier than Duke. It, yeah, 100%. And so like, I just kind of wanted to preface that before I get my rating to it. Like, I, I'm sitting at, I think, um, five and a half steroids out of ten beers. Man, I, I feel like a missed opportunity for a joke for them, too, with the steroids would be like, these make me strong. Too bad about my <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, mid mid game. Yeah, and like we said before in the last few episodes, we're trying to be more realistic with our ratings and not just give everything a six that sucks. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the only reason this game is viewed as a historical catastrophe is because it takes fourteen years to make it. If it had come out on time and been this bad, yeah. everyone would have been over it by now. Also, they didn't call it Duke Nukem forever and then spend yeah, a decade for games and a Doom Eternal, which gives like those long time titles more meaning. <laughs> mm. 
Duke, Doom is eternal. All right. Which, for the record, I will actually finish playing to the DLC. I don't know yeah, that I'm I actually ever am- play it again, but I will. Here's the thing, I won't, because there's so many better first-person shooters that I never finished, like, I'll go back and play Dusk again, but I'm done here. (laughs) Oh, I do not blame you. I got up to level 23 out of 24, so I'm probably going to finish it just to put it away, but, like, then I'm going to uninstall. I do not see myself getting to the DLC anytime. I take your word for it that it is an improvement. I just uh, think you've had enough Duke Nukem forever. It's worth at least seeing somebody who kind of recaps it in like 10 minutes to see some of the actual jokes that land in the DLC. I'm sure you don't want to spend another four hours playing a mediocre game (laughs) or however long the DLC is. Yeah, that's just kind of... But all right, boys, y'all want to dance on over to the fan questions? All righty, all righty. So this first one comes in from Fenris, who wants to know, when playing on a PC... Also, shout out to Fenris for actually using the TSMP Show Questions uh, channel this time. Congratulations. You you fucking nailed it, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But when playing on a PC, um, using a mouse and keyboard, do you use WASD or SDF? My first question is, what kind of a fucking psycho uses this? <laughs> I can see it. It makes sense, but nah, dude, it's WASD all day long. Same here. There's one context in which I use uh, ESDF, and that is the visual mode on Doom Builder uses that because ah. they have some of the other buttons bound. They don't want you actually pressing A. But uh, no, it's, it's WASD. You're, you're crazy. Thresh <laughs> didn't die for our sins for no reason here. I mean, ESDF does match home row positioning better but i have done was yeah but then so you're further much. away from like you're further away from like your control and tab and stuff buttons though and i don't know i feel like r to reload will be a little bit mm. more awkward on that too like i like having to reach a little off my key if you yeah, see that. button we'll see that, that way no it's not a movement action all right i said i see the logic but yeah. i would never use it yeah 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 oh I missed, hold on, I gotta go back into show questions real quick because there was a follow-up to this question that I didn't write down apparently that I need to ask. Um, oh. And then from Adam, or do you use directional keys like a psychopath? <laughs> Here's the thing, Adam. I grew up in a time where directional keys were normal because like <laughs> when playing Doom for the first time, it was directional keys, shift to run, alt to strafe, space but shoot! Oh god, it's left control shoot. I remember playing games like that, Adam. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I actually still use directional keys oh, playing wow. classic Doom. <laughs> I think it was. I I, I. I was gonna say it took me a long time to switch over to the more modern control scheme for Doom. Like, I seriously because I mostly had laptops. So if I have a trackpad, I'm not. I don't like trackpads. I would rather use the. Yeah, and this was before using stuff. the mouse. Too like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I now when you have a mouse, it makes feel like obvious. it was the original Tomb Raider on PC where WASD moved you and the arrow keys moved your camera, or it was the other way around. But it was real fucking. Yeah, weird. I think it was Fenders that mentioned this in the show questions too. That like apparently Binding of Isaac has a weird control scheme where it's WASD and arrow keys being used, and that's a game that 
Yeah, the arrows is what fires. So it's like a dual stick shooter, basically, then. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because on controller. And that's yeah. how See, I, I think I would just go controller time. at that point, man. <laughs> when Rebirth came out and it had native controller support without having to go through all the hoops that you had to with the original uh, Flash yeah. version of Binding of Isaac. See, that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I swapped over the controller. I didn't realize Binding of Isaac came from a Flash it. history. Yeah, yeah, the original oh, release was a Flash game. If we ever do that for the show, I'm going to have to obligator- obligatorily, whatever, however I would say that, ask Steph, do you want to be on this episode? Because that is her, like, that girl's got like a thousand hours in the body. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind playing that eventually, but it's not one I think I'm going to seek out individually. I think it's past that point for nah, me. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I feel like that genre just got iterated on enough times yeah. that I think it's going to be a little oh. dated feeling. I don't know. If you go straight to Repentance, it's. Right. I think it still holds up. All right. Our next one's from Master Loot, which you tried to steal his thunder, Dalton. What is your favorite Duke quote? Oh, yes, I, yes, I did. From Master Loot. This one comes first. Yeah. Whatever, dudes. It's late. Uh, what was the best level of Duke Nukem yeah. forever? Ghost Town. Uh, for me, it is. Yeah, Ghost Town's a good answer. For me, it's a tie between every level that is Duke Burger, Mighty Foot, <laughs> or Shrunk Machine. Um, I really liked that that first section. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what the names of the levels were, but like just that first area where you're going through like the Duke Museum yeah. and Duke then Cave, and then you're the doing, Duke Cave shooting us. Yeah, the Duke Cave. Yeah, that was the best part. They they front loaded this game, in my opinion. Yeah, that, I was going to actually yeah, say the same thing. Duke Cave was my favorite as well. Well, to be fair, I also made it not the least far out of everybody. I made it to the hive and I was done. <laughs> What's your name? What was your favorite little? Uh, mine was Ghost Town. That's oh, Ghost where, Town. like I said, uh, Stockholm started setting in and the gameplay for the actual shooting part was actually starting nice. to be fun for me. Before then, it was just mm-hmm. tedious. All right. So then our next question. Now I get to say this one. This is where Dalton tried to steal Master Loose Thunder. What is your favorite Duke quote? Oh, I definitely have one, but I want to let you guys all go first because mine is... Yeah. For me, like, since I don't want to just do the ones where he steals quotes from my favorite movies and says them, so I will leave the Predator references out for now. But I know that this was a really stupid scene, but I really liked the scene in the game where he was like, Duke, we've got your green power armor here and ready to go. And Duke's just like, power armors for pussies. Power armors for pussies. Yeah. He's like, um, well, you want a gun instead? <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. And then also like the very beginning of the game when you're peeing in the year, was like, this is taking forever. Time to stop pissing around and get this big guy back into action. <laughs> I think those were my favorites that I saw. Um, my favorite quote in this game was... Uh, one that I didn't realize came from this game that I used to use as a Twitch soundboard. And you're on a tower and you go walking to the edge of it and you'll look down and Duke yeah. just goes, yeah. hey, you can see my dick from up here. <laughs> and it's just fucking tremendous, dude. It's just such a Duke quote. Yeah. Um, but I also love, and I know you said you weren't going to do the movie quotes. I, I have to. The Roddy Piper, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum. And I'm all out of bubble gum. Just classic. I think when they made this game, it was 
kick ass and chew bubble gum, and he had three packs of gum. But. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite quote is actually situational because of my hatred for a different character, and it happens in the DLC. So I I bitched about him a little bit, but Dylan, the foul-mouthed friend of Duke that you run into, he dies at the end of the campaign, and then in the DLC, surprise, surprise, he's still alive and he comes back. But at one point, you both get shrunk, and he's following you around, then Duke gets back up to regular size. And he picks up miniaturized Dylan squeaking and cursing and you get to pitch him into a vent into the next room and it was satisfying for it to me because as he does Oops, it he goes phone. like throwing a hot dog down the hallway Shoo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like yeah take that and also him being named Dylan absolutely has to be a predator reference to a hundred thousand percent but as far as the main game um <coughs> I did get a smile by the fact that they acknowledged the development time. So whenever it comes back from Duke's playing the game and getting serviced by the twins, was the game fun? Well, it better have been. It took 12 damn years to finish. Oops. (laughs) And then they didn't follow through on their own joke. (laughs) Oops. So a little bit of dramatic irony with it, but there's my favorite quote. Not you mentioned Dylan. Not you mentioned Dylan. I think when he bites it, Duke just goes like, oh, guess he won't be in the sequel. <laughs> You're so optimistic, Duke. <laughs> won't be in the sequel. He shows him in the damn DLC. <laughs> I think my favorite thing was, uh, so I never used this in Duke 3D just because I didn't know how it worked. But there's an object called the Hollow Duke that like spits out a little Duke Nukem hologram that um, like d- distracts enemies and kind of pretends to fight for you. And what I really liked about the Hollow Duke in this game is it gives mangled versions of lines that Duke Nukem is famous for. <laughs> so instead of, I'm going to rip off your head, shit down your throat, it says, I'm going to take your head away and poop in your neck. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> that line absolutely killed me. It also definitely does the famous, I'm going to kick your ass and chew bubble gum and I'm all out of ass. <laughs> oh, man. So it's definitely it's the poop down your neck one though that is my absolute favorite because that that one legitimately hey, another me missed up. opportunity for a joke you toss a hollow duke and duke goes would you fuck me I'd fuck me <laughs> that'd have been great oh that reminds me he does have a pretty good line whenever he's fighting the clones in the DLC he pulls mm-hmm. one out of a clone pod beats him up and snacks his neck and climbs in to impersonate the clones and he goes I hate to kick my own ass. <laughs> such, that is a Johnny Bravo yeah. line right there <coughs> I hate to kick my own <laughs> just had to sneak that in under the wire hell yeah alright guess we'll move on to the next question <clears throat> what this is also from Master Loot what one thing would you approve upon Duke Nukem forever <laughs> I would have made it good. I would have chopped down its top, uh, run top. I, I think that's the big thing right there, is it yeah, just, needed to cut the yeah. chaff a little bit. The, the game definitely was like all filler, no killer. Yeah, cut the bloat and include the DLC with the main game, and it would have been a totally different experience, even without the tone shift yeah. that I had mentioned. Mm. I think those two things would definitely fix the game. as. It, People would have still been pissed, 
but it would not have been like what is this on metacritic like a four or a five if they yeah. if even that high. Uh, that's uh, a good question i Let's think give that it a look. it's just that yeah, man just like i don't think this game stood a chance ever like even if it had been amazing people still would have found ways to shit on it yeah yeah it's just not as low as I thought. The Metacritic Metascore is 49. Generally unfavorable. But I mean, that's kind of more neutral, gave it, you know? You would have expected. Yeah. Very yeah. midland. And that's probably like with hindsight, people coming back to it. That's also right. possible. I think we all kind of agree on what we would improve upon in Duke Nukem Forever. This next one's also from Master Luke. What's your history with boomer shooters? All right. Time to let Willie talk for 15 minutes straight. And can't even see my eyes because my phone just died, so they can't see my camera. But man, I don't know. Like, so the first one we got, we got um, as kids, we had like one of those things where you know how like they used to sell like packages of CD ROM discount games or whatever, and there were like 10 CD ROMs in there, and like one of them was like a air traffic controller strategy game or whatever, and one of them was the Sherbert version of Duke nu- or not Duke Nukem, <laughs> that would have been funny, Wolfenstein 3D, and um. Man, that one really just immediately grabbed me. Like, everything about it, I love how it's, like, from your character's eyes for the first time in a game I'd ever seen. And, like, you could see your dude, like, get injured physically as he's fighting. And, like, the World War II setting was really cool and all that. And I just really enjoyed it. And then Doom came on and was like, yep, this, this is not <laughs> like yeah, I mean, this like, dude. Like, we killed so many goddamn Nazis, man. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, I just gotta, I gotta look at yeah. something real quick. So if I mean, I'll just go ahead and echo like I had the same childhood as Willie. I grew up playing Wolfenstein. Then once we got Doom, <laughs> it was kind of like, yeah, let's play Doom. I remember like us getting in trouble because we had like I don't know how we had it set up. Like we had two computers in the house or something one time, and Mom was trying to get us to go somewhere, and we were like, well, just let us finish this death match or whatever we were doing, and she just left us there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we had like a, a null modem cable set up between a, a laptop that Mama had borrowed from school and like our actual desktop computer. And so we were just like playing like side by side on uh, on this game and yeah, deathmatch it. And it was pretty yeah, awesome. And then just from there, you know, just kept growing up and playing things like GoldenEye and played a little bit of Halo, but that's kind of where I kind of fell off of FPSs. And I think I didn't really get back into FPSs until I got my PC. Well, I guess I can't gloss over things like Quake and Rise of the Triad, things like that back when we were younger as well. But I don't... Yeah. I feel like I feel like GoldenEye, or not GoldenEye, Perfect Dark was probably the last one we sunk a yeah. ton of Yeah, and then I don't think I really got back together. into it until I got this PC to be perfectly honest, and I started just playing Doom and then Doom 2016, and now I'm like, God damn, we got to play Eternal next year. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Open invitation, Dane. You know it. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, I'll be here if you'll have me. So, my history with Boomer Shooters is, like, kind of like I mentioned earlier, my dad's friend had the PC. He had Doom, Wolfenstein, and uh, Duke Nukem. And I would play those over there, but I never really owned my own. Uh, until I got an Xbox and I picked up and my my brain is weird because I don't remember which one I got but I think it was Serious Sam 2 um, that I rented and ended up uh, I don't remember if I kept it or if I ended up going and buying it somewhere else whatever but I had Serious Sam 2 and I just had such a fucking blast with that game 
that I considered myself a fan of that genre. So then, like, whenever Doom 3 came out, I went and picked that up. Because it was like, oh, this is going to be, like, another one of those games. And it wasn't, but I still enjoyed it. Hmm. But uh, that's why, like, my my heart lies with uh, Serious Sam when it comes to boomer shooters, for sure. He puts a lot of boom out there. I got to appreciate and that. And a lot of shooting. He does a lot of boom. <sighs> I love those fucking movies so much. And I can't wait till we get to, I think it's Serious Sam 3 or 4. No, I think it's 3. Where they take that joke of him being like, damn, you're annoying or whatever. Glad there's only one of you. And then a big, massive wave of them come at you. It's like on another (laughs) level. As as the games go on, they just get bigger and bigger. It's fantastic. Like, I think Serious Sam 4 can put 100,000 enemies on screen. Stupid. Sheesh. We should test that engine before we make a serious Sam game. What game should we make in it? I don't know. The Talos Principle. <laughs> I'm trying to remember where I played Doom originally, because I know that was my first one. I think I played it at my buddy's house, because he was the only one my friends who actually had a computer. And his dad was a deacon <laughs> at the church, and he was the one who's like, yeah, I remember. He was the one who walked up to me. He's like, hey, Dane, you like video games, right? I was like, yeah, I'm six. Or however I was. <laughs> Let's see. Doom was 93, so yeah, I was six. He's like, have you played Doom yet? I said, the one that they're complaining about in the news? Come here. <laughs> so the deacon yeah, takes yeah, yeah. me into the computer room while I'm supposed to be spending the night and playing with his son. He's like, here you go, and sets me down. And I was not a strong game. enough reader yet to figure out the difference between <laughs> save and load to be able to save my progress. <laughs> oh, no. oh. But I fell in love with that damn game. So I played all of the shitty Doom ports on nice. my Super Nintendo and nice. uh, Final Doom on PlayStation. Um, I think I rented Duke Nukem games on PlayStation too, as in PlayStation as well. Yeah. Final Doom for PlayStation was a weird one too, because if I remember right, it's like four levels from Plutonia, eight levels from TNT, and then the rest are from the Master level, so not even actual Final Doom. I know it was weird. And then I didn't do a whole lot of first-person shooters past that until Half-Life came out, which I tried to play mm-hmm. like a boomer shooter. Just running and gunning and swinging that crowbar. <laughs> and then that was pretty much it until Halo came out, which I played, and I'm like, this does not feel like the games that I grew up enjoying. And I kind of fell off shooters until, I think it was actually Doom 2016, that made me realize, oh, mm. I still love this shit. I still played, like, you know, the big ones, like the Valve releases, Half-Life 2 and stuff like that, but I don't really count those. That's not Boomer Shooter. Yeah. That's when everything started shifting story. It's interesting to me. It's like, I don't know how, like, like, I feel like Doom 2016 isn't really classic Boomer Shooter either, but somehow it catches the magic that the original Doom did, and I don't know how it managed to do that. It catches the feel without necessarily copying the mechanics. Yeah. It, it plays yeah. how you remember Doom feeling. Kind of like how Quake, uh, the Night Dive remake mm-hmm. of Quake, looks how you remember Quake looking. Doom 2016 yeah. plays like how you remember Doom That's playing. fair. All right. Well, that is our FPS history. Hope you enjoyed that. Our next question comes in from Mr. Grumpy Syllables, Jeff. <clears throat> What's the best FPS you've played for the podcast? I'm going to jump in on this one. Uh, 
I can easily say the best first person shooter that I played for the Steam Machine podcast <laughs> was Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> Put that on a fucking box. But specifically box. Duke Nukem Forever and the Doctor <laughs> That's <Who> hilarious. <laughs> because the other games that I played were Metal Gear Rising and Nier That's Auto. hilarious. Those the only other two you've been on, really? Yeah, yeah. we'll correct huh. You really we'll you just really like games where people have a blue gun, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, tight fitting or revealing outfits because, you know, riding bod. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Then, uh, 2B. Ooh. Or not 2B, that is the question. A2. I liked A2. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, I think for me, the it's not easy, honestly, because, like, we played Doom 2 for the show but I think I still have. I think I have to give it to Doom 2016 as the best um, FPS I've played for the show. It just like we talk about it a lot in this whole section of the fan questions. I just think it does so many things to make you feel like you did when you were a kid playing the old boomer shooters, and I just love it. And I really feel like Doom 2016 also like really ushered in the era of retro boomer shooters too. Because even if it wasn't strictly one, it like told everyone, hey, people still like this shit. You should make it. So I guess it's hard for me because I'm trying to figure out what I would consider played for the podcast to mean. Because obviously Doom 2 is my favorite game of all time, but I was playing that before the podcast. I'll be playing it after the podcast. <laughs> I'll be playing it after all four of us are dead. Uh, but I, I, I guess like I played through Quake as a kid too, although d- definitely did a lot more of it with the show than I did I think as a kid. So I think it's going to have to be Dusk for me because I do think that Dusk is ultimately, I was going to get around to it, but doing it for the show gave me an excuse to get around to it immediately. That's what's up. Yeah. I remember you really enjoying that game. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Um, So my answer uh, has a little bit of, uh, I guess, uh, memory with it, I guess, Uh, because uh, my favorite first person shooter that we've done for this show uh, I'm the only one that played it who's sitting here. Um, it was mm. the first game that we ever did for the show. It was the first game that Steamy ever chose for me and Ryan. It was the reason that this show even started because people liked the first episode, so we kept making them. And it was uh, Serious Sam, the first encounter. That that very ah. first series. There's something so charming about that game. Um, and just the memory of me and Ryan being really nervous going into that first episode. And, uh, Oh yeah. You know, when I think back to that, it makes me proud of myself that I've stuck with this for as long as I have, because there's been times where I've just been like, man, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? And like, it's been a lot easier since you guys have joined because doing it by myself there for that little bit was very, very taxing. Uh, but I, I still have to go, so <clears throat> with that for the Ryan era, if I had to pick a game for, I'll call it the the current era, this attitude <laughs> era, if you will, <laughs> um, I could be coy and say Serious Sam the Second <laughs> Encounter, but I mean it contains Serious Sam the First Encounter, so technically it's a better that game. True. That is very true. Uh, but I'm gonna give it to Borderlands <gasps> because okay. That's kind of where I thought you might be headed. I had a lot of fun with that, um, playing with you guys. Um, And I feel like they made a good first-person shooter with just enough RPG and Mm Diablo-esque elements in it that it kept it fresh. That's definitely up there for me, too. Like, Borderlands was, like, 
honestly one of my favorite games that we've done for the show because it was one of the ones that <clears throat> it might not have got my highest rating out of all the games, but it was one of the ones where I really felt like it was the three of us doing something together for the show. We had mm-hmm. such a good time playing that and having Jeff on on the episode too. Like I have a lot of good memories with Borderlands. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that game was just it was all. Like, especially because I expected to go into it not even really liking it all that much. So I was so happy to be proven wrong by that one. And I would ask Jeff what his favorite was, but I know his answer would be one of two things. It would be Serious Sam the Second Encounter. It's not Borderlands for Jeff because Bo- Jeff thinks Borderlands sucks compared to Borderlands 2. So it's definitely Serious Sam for Jeff. That is a good point. That is a good point. Mm. All right. And that brings us into our last question. From Chad, the mad lad, no C in his goddamn last name, Schaefer. Um, if Duke Nukem had a theme park, what would be the main attractions or rides or concessions? What? The main attraction would be called <laughs> Babes of the Caribbean. It would be a pirate ride where you go on a boat and there's like animatronic babes who have captured a bunch of dudes and are shooting cannons at each other. This is an actual <laughs> level from Duke Nukem 3D. Yeah, that was babe. That man. is E4L4. Well, you got here. it. The concessions would be footlong hot dogs. <laughs> so, <laughs> With extra sauce. Very, very similar mindset to this, right? My thing was footlong hot dogs <clears throat> and footlong corn dogs. <laughs> But when you get them, they're only. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That sounds like something Disney World would do. Call them Duke Length. (laughs) That's not a churro. This is a churro. (laughs) Uh, I think that there would also be a small world ride, but it would have a shrink ray and fucking RC cars. Oh, no. the other thing that sucks is I actually liked the shrink ray puzzles in Duke Nukem 3D. I don't know why it was just so annoying in this they were game. Short Probably because it lasts forever. Yeah. In the, the and of course there'd be an like enormously long line to sit on the throne. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, I also think that <laughs> anything that you could order to eat that would come in a scoop, you have to get two <laughs> scoops. So it looks like boobs. Alright, specifically you <laughs> nice. order ice cream you're going to get two scoops with cherries on yeah. top. You know, if you're getting nice. snow cones, you're getting two of them, and they're going to be served to you upside yeah. down. <laughs> okay, and there's this ride at Disney World that's kind of new. It's one of the Star Wars rides where, like, you have, like, a group go into the ship, and you're, like, kind of, like, controlling the ship and shooting down, like, enemy fighters. I just see something like that where you're shooting down the fighters and shooting at the mothership. Yeah. That, that would be cool. There would be a Duke. Oh, of course. Obviously. Yeah, that goes without saying. And gotta have a the main important thing, and I think there would have to be some kind of equivalent <laughs> for Epcot, uh, but it would probably have a penis joke like <laughs> Epicock. <laughs> you got and there so of course fast. the theme park, and the, the doorway to it would yes. have to be through his legs. And of course, so. the theme park would be yeah. located in Las Vegas. <laughs> in Las Vegas, of course, of course. And they would put it within view shot of that new thing, the eye or whatever it is, and they would build two of those. My challenge to you, Chad, build what we just described in, um, what was that game? Roller Coaster Tycoon? Was that the one we played for this? No, no, no. Planet Coaster. Build this theme park in Planet Uh, Planet Coaster Coaster. and send us a link. Wink. (laughs) Yeah, that would be fucking awesome. 
and I'll, I'll, I'll do some like mp3s if they let you do custom mp3s I don't remember where you used to yeah, let's be like welcome to Duke land <clears throat> I'll work on my Duke though but like uh, it would be f- or just rip mp3s so you can just like hail to the king baby It'd be fun I've got roller coasters of <laughs> steel and wood this is hardwood only the hardest <laughs> Oh, shit. I have to pull up a link. Hold on. Let me click where it is. There it is, right there. So that's the that, end of the question. That is. Right? That takes care of that. Alrighty, then. We're into some house cleaning. Our next episode, which we need to figure out when we're going to record it, uh, is the Steamy Awards. And then it'll be my choice. Ooh, how am I going to start the new year off? I oh, am terrified. Uh, I won't throw something too long at you. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll figure that out. But the next one is going to be the Steamy Awards. Look out for that. That is always a fun episode to record. Um, so if you would be a deer and you want to come join the community where you can vote on the different games that we have up uh, polls for, uh, bit.ly slash TSMP Discord. That's all capital letters. TSMP Discord. It'll give you an invite in. You come and join, and you can vote on the polls, which right now, just a quick update to them like we do in each and every episode. The fan pick game poll, uh, the last winner, since we've done Duke now, was Mega Dimension Neptunia Victory 2. Um, and the list of games for the next one is Shadowblade Reload, which is getting no love, shame on y'all, Monster Hunter World, which is winning at the moment. Jet Set Radio, Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen, and Septeracore, Legacy of the Creator. Getting no love. Shame on y'all. This is like the fourth poll that Shadowblade Reload's been on, and like the third one that Septeracore's been on. They never get any love. Ever. I'm gonna have to pick those fucking Do games. Do you remember the unvoted core, Septera? <laughs> you know, Dalton, you just reminded me of something talking about the poll. Uh, I got one more thing that I need to do that I f- almost forgot about. Oh, promises oh, were. were made. I've been waiting, Dane. So, oh, as uh, many of you remember, mm-hmm. back when uh, I launched my bastard campaign. Oh yeah! To make this game happen, <laughs> which, for the record, for anyone who doesn't know, I asked Dalton for permission before I started all this nonsense, and he said, "Go for it." I did. So, everything I did was with his blessing. One of the promises I made was, in the event that Duke won or lost, I would be giving away some Steam codes. And the deal was, if Duke lost, everyone would, there would be a drawing, and I would make three three very lucky people receive a copy of Duke Nukem Forever. But, if Duke won, (laughs) a copy of Duke 3D. So I did save a list of all the names for the people who voted, and I've put it into a randomizer. Oh, shit. And I almost forgot to pull this up and run it. So I'm going to launch the randomizer and want to see what three lucky people get a copy of Duke 3D. Now, I do want to add, it is a very popular game. In the event that you have Duke 3D, you're not out. Just let me know. I'll give you Duke Forever instead. And if you have that, I'll give you the DLC. And if you've got all that shit and you win... Then I'll just PayPal you 50 cents because that's what I'm spending around <laughs> you right now. <laughs> you know, let's be real. So, 
to the randomizer, and the winners are <laughs> Team Retro, oh, nice. Mr. Expendable <laughs> Old Jeffy Lube, oh, and Mr. Puzzles. What the nice. fuck? <laughs> shit, I apparently I put Mr. my Puzzles. name in this too. Hold on, let's re-roll that last one. <laughs> you <did. laughs> I'm not even joking. And that's a Posh. So that's a good list. Nice. Mikolov, Jeff, and Posh. Uh, I'll get a hold of you. You get a copy of Duke 3D Forever or the DLC or 50 cents in that order. 50 cent blow on the sand? I heard you what? can find him in the club. Buffalo <laughs> Dub. Uh, we're, we're just making jokes about the rapper 50 cent now. He had a video game called 50 cent blow in the sand. I don't know much about it. I watched a Let's Play of it, and literally the only thing I remember is in like the first 15 minutes, he says something like, Bitch better have my crystal skull. I had forgot that was a thing. I feel like 50 Cent had a game that was really bad, and then one that came out that people were like, Wow, this is actually pretty good. I think it was Bulletproof. Yeah. That was decent. I, th- I don't remember. I, I remember uh, Blood in the Sand was very much people ironically liked it. Like, it was very obviously not originally built to be a 50 Cent game. Kind of like True Crime Streets of LA, where they kind of just, You can play a Snoop Dogg. Word. Yeah. Well, hell yeah, man. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate the uh, doing the giveaway. I got a bunch of Steam codes that I need to give away at some point. We need to find more reasons to give shit away. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so if you want to get in on type of different things like that, bit.ly slash TSMP Discord, all capital letters, uh, do come and check that out. If you want to come check out the website, which is up to date because of one Mr. Puzzles Dane himself, bit.ly slash the steam machine podcast capitalize that phonetically if you want to donate money to the show because you think we're cool you want to support the show uh helps me keep the lights on i do appreciate it very much patreon.com slash the steam machine podcast um dollar a month gets you the episodes early ad free all that good With jazz. The bonus patreon content and the bonus page thank you i was having to clear my throat and the bonus patreon content before each and every episode uh, and if you donate $10 or more, you get all of that, plus you get your name right out on each and every episode, like these wonderful, wonderful people. <clears throat> Nate Sir Cogsworth, the 7th of Juniper, Jeff, the original Expendable, Mr. Syllables, old Jeffy Lube himself, Arisa Adam, shout out to his podcast, Revival and Extinction, James, the Steam Machine, Home on in a Hall, Team Retro, go check him out over on YouTube. Mr. Puzzles, Dane himself, and Chad the Mad Lad, no goddamn C in his last name, Schaefer. Thank you all very, very much. I do appreciate you. More than you know, shout out to Yab's Pod, yet another BS podcast. It is on hiatus at the moment, but you can go check out the back catalog, I suppose. Uh, it's pretty funny. We've gotten some good reviews. Uh, uh, shout out to the JRPG. And I will eventually get out on YouTube for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah thank, eventually. No no rush. It's just like eventually me and Jeremy will re- record a yeah. podcast. Uh, shout out to the JRPG Report. Uh, a weekly to bi-weekly JRPG news show. That is me and Mikhailov, otherwise known as Team Retrog. And uh, you can check us out over there. Merch link if you want to just get some merch you want to buy a steam machine podcast shirt you want to buy a yabs pod shirt any of that kind of stuff tsmpproductions.threadless.com would be cool uh to start see more people repping us it would make my make my heart sing uh you want to check out the music if you like the the music from the shows now the nightmare.bandcamp.com and please if you will if you will 
go leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Boys, is there anything else that you would like to plug? Go play Duke 3D. It's good. Don't play this. Unless you're going to play the DLC, which is apparently okay. Well, Dane, is there anything that you would like to plug, my good sir? Uh, everything that I've got in the works is not ready to sh- shout so just out his yet, butt. So when it gets there... Just his butt. Yeah. It, I have no ass. <laughs> uh, um, I, am, I have dad bod, just a potato <laughs> on two sticks. There's no ass. <laughs> just a couple of toothpicks on the potato. <laughs> lives in a pineapple under the sea dad but no s oh my god okay on that note we'll be back for the steamy awards everyone have a happy new year we hope you had a good christmas and uh for the destructo bros and mr puzzles i am dalton and as always everybody take it easy